Hello, listening people. Hello. You're listening to Spin Polish Presents Unappreciated Masterpieces. I am one of your hosts, Ryan Swinski. And I am Podcaster X, but little does Ryan know that I'm his regular co-host, Bartek. Oh, not my brother in disguise. Um, <laughs> Bartek, where's Spin How'd po- you know? Oh my god. <laughs> You're not wearing your mask. Oh, shit. You fucking idiot. Um, Bartek, we are Spin Polish. Why is that? Likingly, because we are always spitting... And we both, <coughs> wow! And we both happen to be Polish. Isn't that right, Ryan? That is correct, Bartek. No, you. Mean, oh wait, no mask. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's mm. right. So Bartek, we're doing a show I'd appreciate masterpieces, the show in which we shine a light on movies that have been hidden in the darkness, in the yeah. in the in the crevices of society. We are like the Knights of Templar, doing a holy service upon the general masses to find the holy remnants of society's ills of not appreciating movies that we think deserve more conversation, more love, more, dare I say it, appreciation. <gasps> exactly right. That's appropriate right. considering that the, the adjective we have in the name is unappreciated. Exactly. Yeah. Or under, according to Bartek in several episodes. Yeah. But Bartek, I need to know what the movie is. I am completely unaware. We've already made references to it, but to I... To you being unaware. To me being unaware... <laughs> Um, I haven't seen the title of the episode, so I don't know what the episode is. So, what movie are we covering? Dzisiaj Ryan my oglądamy film Speed Racer. Okay, I understood Ryan <laughs> in there. Are yeah. we watching Saving Private Ryan by any chance? No. The movie that lost to Shakespeare in Love, one of the worst films ever made. Uh, and therefore unappreciated. Yeah, even the disembodied voice made a snooze sound or an oink sound. I couldn't tell. Bartek, what are we watching? What does all of that Polish that you spoke translate into? Because even though I am Polish, I don't speak the language. I don't. It's a surprise. Now that you mention it... It's a twist. There were a few episodes where you did mention that you haven't been able to speak Yeah, m- like a couple. Yeah. couple, you know, a couple... Not as many as me calling the show underappreciated masterpieces, but Not there, there have been a few. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just a few times. Ryan, what I said translates to, today we are going to watch the film Speed Racer. Speed Racer? Oh my god, I love Speed Racer. You mean go, Speed Racer, go? Mmm, I love Those Speed... Those are lyrics. I love Speed Racer. I'm eating it up right now. The Wachowski Speed Racer? From 2008. The 2008? The one, the only. The one and the only 2008? Well, the AD type, not the BC. Not the BC type? Yeah. What about the BCE type? Which is the correct terminology now. That's right, and I can't remember what AD has become. ADE. I think it was like AC or AD. Is it yeah. ACDC? I can't remember. <laughs> Bartek. I know BC's before Common Era. Before we get into the deep... Common Era. Oh, I was raised Catholic, so we were told it was before Christ. Well, BC was only like introduced last decade. And AD was after death. No, it's Anno Domini. Or no, no, we like were taught via our Catholic school teacher... Well, when I did yeah. mass at my school, in my public school, we had mass, and that we was had them. our teacher be like, it's called, it's after death, kiddies, because that Jesus them. is what we determine society by. That was them basically telling you that uh, babies come from storks. No. But Bartek, we do have a baby that came from a stork. Oh. Yeah, yeah, they're coming on as a guest. 
We are joined by the boss baby himself. <laughs> what? <laughs> because the movie Storks and Boss Baby are in the same universe, according to some people online. Oh, yeah, that was a uh, Reese McKenzie. Hello, everybody. Bro- hello. Brother of Barry McKenzie. <laughs> well, I had a dog named Barry McKenzie, and I do... I sort of considered him. Son mother. of Doug McKenzie. Now, just on your comment on the Knights... Father of Billy McKenzie. <laughs> oh, you're a dad. So, on the Knights of Templar comment, Ryan, I oh, do we're, see... We're not allowed to talk about them. They're Why not? a secret society. We're well, not... I see... We, but... we briefly mentioned it because we're Catholics. We can, but you, you, you're not, so you can't. I am Catholic. Shut up. But <laughs> I see on the far end of the table, Bartek as the King Arthur... And then to Ryan we have Sir Lancelot. Uh, were they? Was the Arthur theory legends? They're part of the Knights of the Templar mythology, but, right? But the thing is, you get you I get. Don't think so. I don't know too much about the Templar. You get to me, Templar. and I sort of bring a Don Quixote sort of vibe. Oh, to the, completely my different Knight of the legend. Table. Yes. you are more of a Friar Tuck figure. I'm more of a you know. Sancho Pozo. So you're more of a more. Before we delve into the Knights of the Templar mythology oh, and Don Quixote and all of that, Don Quixote is much better. I mean, Terry Gilliam tried so hard to make it. What a movie. does all this have to do with Speed Racer? That's what I'm going to. We have to be like Speed Racer and Speed, Speed, Speed. Do a bunch of speed. Go, 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 go. Do the drug Speed while you watch this movie. You're gonna have a fucking fun time because you people at home need to grab a copy of the movie Speed Racer by the Wachowskis. Get a copy of it. Shove it into wherever you can shove things into. Oh, don't Put do- it on. Oh, yeah. Press the play button. When I say play, I'm gonna do a countdown from three. Get ready, because I'm going to go from three down to one. I'm going to say play. You're going to press play. We're going to be lined up. So get ready, because I'm going to start this in three, two, one, play. Oh, tension over. Speed racer, go speed racer. I did like this so, opening sort of like nice little kaleidoscope deal. My my fiance, who I, whom I watched this with, Rachel, said, why is this happening? <laughs> and I said, oh, honey, you're not prepared for the visuals that are going to be striking you throughout this movie. And guess what? She wasn't. (laughs) Nor was humanity in 2008. 2008, the year this film came out. Guys, what were we doing in 2008? Did we see this movie in the cinema? Mm, No, we saw Iron Man instead. Oh, interesting choice. But what about Speed Racer? Did you go see Speed Racer? Nay. Why? Nay? Yeah, why nay? Why nay? You're the Knights of Nee. No, I'm the, you know, the uh, Don Quixote. I'm on a horse and, you know. Oh, we get I, it. We get it. I you battle the windmills because I think they're giants. Yeah, of course. You know, Gulliver and Gulliver's Travel. Yeah, we get it. Hey, I'm Jack Black. That's cool. Anyway, yeah, the reason I... What? That was 2007. Ooh, you got taught. Ooh. You got taken to school. Bartek, I imagine you saw this in the cinema. You're a big fan of, you know... Uh, Western interpretations of Japanese products. You love them. I I know you. you, You're like constantly like, Ryan, I need to go see this movie. Did you see this movie? I hadn't seen it until yesterday. Wow. So you were not expecting random New Zealand actresses and actors to turn up in it? No, I wasn't expecting any sort of I didn't even know there were random ones. I mean, this one's in it. She spoke she... with a thick New Zealand accent. Did you not notice? No. Did you not notice the little Maori boy that was going to beat him up and said, like, I'm going to beat you up, bro. 
and no. all that. No, you didn't notice that. Did you not notice the Australian actor? Yeah, I noticed him. He had a very oh, did very he? thick accent. And of course, it makes sense, of course, because this is done by the Wachowskis, who are very much pro working with Australian and New Zealand. I mean, the Matrix films were filmed down in Australia. Yeah, let's not forget that. I mean, Guy, P- uh, not Guy Pearce, Hugo Weaving, Australian. You know. Oh yeah. Uh, the, you know, the chick that could bend spoons with her mind was the Aboriginal, I'm pretty sure. So. Okay. Yeah. I hate The Matrix. We've talked about this in previous episodes. We'll get into it in this episode because this is a movie I had not seen before doing this show. Bartek mm. suggested it. He was like, hey, Ryan, let's do Speed Racer. And I said, sure, I'm aware of this movie's visual legacy. I remember that the thing about this movie is it was one of those, it's an adaptation of a cartoon, a Japanese cartoon, a Japanimation as they used to be called. Uh, One of the first ones to be, you know, kind of brought over to the West. First it was Astro Boy. Mm. And then I think this was the third or fourth big one that came along, Speed Racer. Yeah, I can't remember when Dragon Ball Evolution was. (laughs) Broly, Dragon Ball Broly. Um, Look, this movie has a legacy of being visually striking, and you can see it right here. Oh, boy. This this put me off guard. Did it? It really did put me off guard. It's just like, oh, wow. This is like Robert Rodriguez all Mm. over again. It put me off guard because I convinced myself that Rex here, um, the older brother, I was like, who is this guy? Who is this guy? I didn't look up till later. And he's not in anything I actually know. But I convinced my brain, oh, that's Chris O'Donnell from Batman and Robin. Of course it is. And then really? I just checked it off in my list. Have you seen Chris O'Donnell in any films yeah. outside of that? Like, have you seen him recently? This is kind of what he looks like. We saw him in Max Payne. Hmm. And he kind of looked like this. I, but like, there's a lot of. Uh, what are I, you on about, Reese? I, I saw him in Vertical Limit, and he looked nothing like that. He looks like when was Vertical Limit? Two thousand. Oh, dude, dude, you haven't seen him recently. Like we saw him in Max Payne, which came out. What was that like? Two thousand nine, two thousand. Like the same year as like nearly Speed the same. Racer. I can't quite remember. It's around that time. And Chris O'Donnell's kind of pudged out a bit and kind of this looks more like a dude. Like, this guy looks like a dude. He looks like a, a bit of a buff dude, but not too buff. And I just thought, it's Chris O'Donnell, but then it wasn't. So that's the point I'm trying to make. This here, just wanted to point this out. I recently saw, talk about Robert Rodriguez, Battle, uh, Alita Battle Angel. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yes. Another big, uh, iconic uh, Japanese product. And this is very reminiscent of that, or, or that is very reminiscent of this. It, they have their tracks for Motoball, uh, or Motoball, they pronounce it both ways. And it looks very similar to this. So I'm just saying, Robert Rodriguez, stop stealing off the Wachowskis, okay? Because the Wachowskis, as inspirational as they are, I, I'm surprised that people even dare to steal ideas from their movies visually. I'm I'm shocked at the idea that some people have said to me, Ryan, after The Matrix, there were a bunch of copycats of The Matrix with quick time events and bullet speed and whatnot. And I said, no, no, you're lying there. No one would ever put in their comedy movie a homage to that, especially Kung Pao with a cow. No one would do that. By the way, it's bullet time. <laughs> I said bullet speed quick event. <laughs> you said quick time event. I'm right, though. That's a video game thing. <laughs> they do it in movies. You know but that they the, do. The literal term for what they did in The Matrix is bullet 
Wait, what is it again? Bullet, bullet time, speed right? event. Bullet time? Bullet time? I think it's bullet time. Bullet it's time. called bad visual effects that still doesn't hold up to this day. Just saying it. I'm just saying it. Just saying the truth, people. You don't want to admit it, but um, I'm right. Praise so you're Jesus. Not a, you're not appreciating the Wachowskis. I have not been a fan of any of their movies. Until now, yeah. Well, until now, of course. <laughs> and until when we do Jupiter Ascending. <laughs> oh, you, you haven't done that yet? No, have you? Got you there, Reese. <laughs> yeah, owned. Oh dear. Owned him good. So, <laughs> Speed Racer. Have we asked Reese his history? He of this? said he hadn't seen it. I right. had not seen this movie. I've seen glimpses of it, and I didn't know it was this like attacking with visuals, basically. Did it make you feel good? Did it make me feel good? Visually. Like, when you closed your eyes at night. Did you see colors swirling around? And you're like, that's a good thing. I was dizzy from like the amount of from like... joy, right? Yes, from joy. <laughs> so Bartek, you suggested this. Tell us why. What about this movie made you go? This is an unappreciated masterpiece that needs to be covered. Uh, it's one that I'd heard of at the time, um, but I didn't look uh, much into it when it came out, and even in years passing that. <laughs> Um, I just, yeah, I assumed, like, oh, it's probably got the same reputation that, like, I hear people complain about Dragon Ball Evolution having. Because, uh, even though I didn't... I, I, you know, when I was really young, possibly back in the English is not my primary language phase, I did see some episodes of the show, and I vaguely remembered it. I more remembered the music. Of Speed Racer? Yeah. Nice. Um... And I, I remember seeing more of, you know, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, you know, on TV. And it's definitely a thing that our generation is more familiar with. And people all complained about Dragon Ball Evolution because oh, yeah. it... Uh, Ruined everything. I mean, it does suck, though. Yeah, I, I haven't, again, I, I haven't seen that either. But I've heard that reputation. I just assumed that, like, oh, I, I maybe this film would be like that, but without the nostalgia factor. So maybe it wouldn't appeal to me. Um, but then a few years later, I I discovered uh, the YouTube channel Game Grumps. Ah, uh, yeah. Was, this is in their trivia in the for trivia, the fucking yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that a YouTube channel that is moderately popular, one of them claims this is his favorite movie, right? Yeah, I, and I actually remember when I was actually watching them, they had the conversation. They were talking about films. This was back when JonTron was the host. Um, and they were talking about films, and John Tron was talking about how, oh, you know, I really like, I think he said Lord of the Rings trilogy was his favourite wow. films. twist. And, um, his co-host, Aaron, aka Ego Raptor, was talking about how, oh, I've never seen them. Uh, my favourite film used to be, uh, his favourite film was, uh, Breakfast Club, but then Speed Racer came along and replaced that. <laughs> Take that, <laughs> Breakfast Club. Yeah. And, uh, and John was basically attacking him, like, no, make it Breakfast Club again, things like that. Um, and, and that, <laughs> that was a real thing, yeah. Um, and it just, it just stuck out to me like, oh, it's, it's weird. This film that I basically dismissed, someone really loves it. And then I read up that, you know, it's got sort of a cult following, like people, there are people that really enjoy this. So I thought to myself, yeah, for the past, however many years since it's been, since I've heard that conversation in the back of my head. I have to see this at some point. And then we started the podcast and I thought, oh, well, here's, here's a reason to watch it. And uh, it's been a few years into the podcast, but we've finally gotten around to it. Hooray. Yay. I... This scene 
particularly it, pissed you off, didn't it, Ryan? No, no, no. It it thrilled me. <laughs> I loved this scene. There the scene. The mixture of Australian, New Zealand, and American actresses. This young girl playing young Trixie is Ariel Winter, who's in Modern Family. Ah, yes. She's the girl that is the daughter, the middle-aged child in the family of Ty Burrell's character. Ah, yes. The one who who got in controversy in real life because her parents scammed her financially and people are like it's your fault you small child and people are so cruel and the other time of she she had like naturally like really large breasts and then got a breast reduction and people were like slamming her for that and it's just like because people are gross she's a child oh yeah exactly well no i think she's now an adult just because this movie is like 10 years ago oh, but like I, I thought you were talking about the time of speed racer yeah, no, no, when she was on Modern Family. Oh, yes. uh, but yeah, people are cruel. Uh, she's in this, then she evolves into not Rose McGowan, which was a shock to me. Like, uh, for half of this movie, I thought adult Trixie was played by Rose McGowan, who is a well known actress. We all know Rose McGowan from yes. many of her products. You thought it was Rose McGowan, not and Christina. And it was Christina Ricci, yeah. who, it was shocked me. I was like, no way is that Christina Ricci. And then. Then it was. Then it was. And I, I, you know what? Here's my belief. I think halfway through the film, Rose McGowan dropped out and they just quietly replaced her with Christina Ricci. And I think when you watch the first half, it's clearly Rose McGowan. And then the second half, it's clearly Christina Ricci. I think that's what's happened here. I thought it was just that you're wrong. No, I'm right all the time. Oh, okay. You're wrong. Oh, I didn't wrong. say Wrong. Copy paste. <laughs> um, <laughs> see, clearly Rose McGowan right there. I mean, it, night and day. <laughs> Night and day. Cool, cool, uh, yeah. she, it's cool. not Wednesday Adams all grown up. Aw. Uh, why do you go, aw? Well, it would have been nice. You know, Wednesday, you know, grew out of her Adams family phase and then she moved on to Speedy. Look at these nice transitions. Look at these <laughs> beautiful <laughs> yeah. transitions. This movie has a lot of transitions. It's so... Mm, <laughs> I wonder if there's a tasteful reviewer out there that mentions the transitions in their online reviews. I hope that they do. Funnily enough, <laughs> I couldn't find any YouTube comment bringing it up, and of the IMDb reviews that I did read, I don't think anyone ever talked about editing in this film. <laughs> okay. I think they just... Interesting. I feel like there's like an... Is Interesting. It, is Were it, they the Academy? They just didn't nominate this for for editing, and they decided in their IMDb reviews for it they won't mention the editing as well. Know, maybe this Odd. Is, maybe the editing in this is like a like a elephant in the room or something worthy of a documentary. Like, why doesn't anyone? Talk you know about what it this? is. You know what it is. It's like when you meet someone who's got like an amputated limb, and you really want to know how they lost it, but you can't ask straight away. You have to like earn. Like a rapport and a relationship, and maybe they'll bring it up. And if they never do, then you know you have to live without knowing. Like, have you ever how they wondered, lost that hand? Have you ever wondered why I have no limb? And it's like now you mention it. Yeah. No, <laughs> you know what? Now that you mention it, I am wondering why you've got a peg leg. <laughs> a peg leg, just. Arr, and I was a boy, and I was a wee boy at what speed racer. I only drank dry rum. Now I just drink water. He's pyro and weird. <laughs> what? I don't know what that was. That's a pirate, isn't it? Say it again. I I drink dry rum. <laughs> Jamaican pirates. It wasn't Jamaican. I think you. Hey, were. they could have been Jamaican pirates. They are in real life. I mean, 
I, I mean, there's I didn't Ethiopian as, pirates. I mean, what are you on about? I didn't hear it as Jamaican. I just heard it like a half-hearted pirate. Aye, <laughs> oh, yeah, they be rum, bro. There be rum. He watched that episode of Shark Tale and got inspired by Ziggy Marley. Yeah. <laughs> um, this movie is super fun, super energetic. This movie is based on the classic Japanimation, which has a very simple premise. Speed Racer must go. Go Speed Racer. Like, that's basically what the show's about. This is what this is Although about. Although, if you look at the Japanese title, it's telling the car to go. Well, <laughs> is the car oh, not, not Speed the Racer? The no. car's the Mach 5. Yeah. 5, right? The Mach, the Mach Go. Oh, it's Japanese, not even number? Well, in Japanese, 5 is Go. Oh, it is? Yeah, so it's, oh, it's not it's the a multiple phrase meaning. Go. Now, now, look at this New, New Zealand boy. He's fighting... He, poor Reese. He was just like everyone's American in this, right? I didn't say that. Even the British guy. <laughs> <laughs> you know which British guy I'm talking about, right? The, the British John Goodman. John, the the villain dude. <laughs> British man. The villain dude. Royalton. The... His name's it, Royal. Was it, was it Roy, Royston? Royalton. It's Royalton. It's got the word royal in it. It's so got the it's, sounds right. extra rich. Oh, great transition. Another transition. I mean, let's talk about the elephant in the room. Um, Shaft isn't this. Who? Shaft. The Shaft. Richard Roundtree. Yeah. It's not Richard Roundtree. As it's whom? A, it's um another actor named um Robert um. As what character? Uh, uh, ben Burns. Know. As Ben Burns. I thought it was Shaft. No, it's not Shaft. You're lying. It's I'm not. I'm shaft. not lying. It is not shaft. You don't say it's shaft. You're gonna say it's shaft. It is not shaft. I think he's in shaft. Shaft. He's not in shaft. You're a liar. He is. I'm not lying. You then Google it. You're a liar. All You're right. Would you liar. Would you like me to Google it? He's in shaft. All right. I'm telling you, he's in shaft. I have. I have Maybe the... he's in the um, Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> Currently. Turning on my phone to look this up. I'm R- right and you're wrong, and you know. Oh, it. Ryan. I have the Wikipedia page. Let me just get. He's it Ben Burns, which I found very interesting because they use the phrase "All right, Mr. Burns" very <laughs> early on in the movie before we know who Ben Burns is, and I went, "Oh, is The Simpsons something that exists uh, in so, this universe?" So sorry, what name? What names am I looking for? He is so, the character it, of Ben Burns, and it, he is so Shaft. Richard Roundtree. Thank you. Oh shit. Say, sorry, Ryan, but say it in the shaft voice. Wait, like the high-pitched... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Your natural <laughs> voice, then. That's not my what? natural voice. No, the voice when you're when you're exasperated, like your what voice? Oh, that voice. All right. Say, sorry, Ryan. Um, I need a, I need a beat, Fox beat, like... <laughs> sorry, Ryan! <laughs> You're damn right. So we've had a few cast members of Shaft appear. <laughs> Not cast members, just crew and no, cast. I was doing Sylvester Stallone. I, I thought it was another actor. No, I'm right and you're wrong. You're just racist. Wait, you you said, saw one did, black did, guy did, and you're like, you it's said, not Shaft. You said you're Ryan no, and, and I'm... I said I'm right and you're wrong. I thought you said you're Ryan and I'm wrong. That's also a fact. <laughs> well, they both begin with R. And, uh, they're both right. <laughs> that also begins with R. Um, yeah, so Shaft is in this. We haven't seen a Shaft person since Isaac Hayes, I'm pretty sure. Ah, oh, Solman. Oh, yeah. You could see New Shaft as if there's a new movie coming out this year. Uh, a, a sequel to the original Sam Jackson remake. Yes. Boo. Boo. A Medea Halloween. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Bartek, so you... 
Did you love that we had so many recurring actors from movies back in this movie? Like, uh, Strit- what's his name? Striddle? Stritzel? Who? Sh- schnitzel? schnitzel? The kid? Spridle? Spridle. <laughs> he looks familiar. What was he in? Jersey Girl. Jersey Girl. He was a little boy that oh, showed his penis. Right, right. That is right. He did look familiar. How did you not realize? Did you not see this little boy and went, I've seen the back of his junk in Jersey Girl? In context, Reese. Well, this is me, right? The pervert that I am, I was looking at his face. (laughs) He's got a recognizable face, though. That's why it was familiar to me, but I just didn't didn't put it together where he was in. We've got our homegirl, Susan Sarandon. She's back. Yes. Haven't seen her since... um, Witches? The Witches of Eastwick. Your favorite movie. One of my favorite movies ever made. She had red hair. Yes. Yes, she did. She kind of has it here, too. Kinda. It's gingery brunettes. It's been a really long time since it's we've toughy. seen John Goodman. It's toughy. <laughs> yeah, it's been super long time since we've seen John yeah, Goodman. A like, whole couple of episodes. A whole couple of episodes. What was what the last one? Red Down. Red State, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, you're right. It was Red State. My mistake. What did you say? Red Down? Yeah. Did you mean that? Did you legitimately? Or was this a joke? I just, I was thinking of, what was that thing? Red, Red Dawn? Red Dawn? I was, pu- I was pulling a title out of my oh, head. I like, he pulled, he was thinking, pulling a title, but he also pulled not only the incorrect title of what the actual movie Red mm. State was, but also the incorrect title of the incorrect title, he thought. Yeah, well, the, the incorrect pronunciation was the joke, but the wrong title <laughs> oh, was Oh, that was, a, that was a joke. Well, because See, Dawn this is whole D-A- thing was a very nuanced thing. D-A-W-N, so I was pronouncing all the letters. Um, Down. of course, we get, uh, 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 good old, we get another, we get a monkey, we get a chimp, mm-hmm. chim chim. Yeah. I mean, when was the last time we had a chim chim? Um, that's right. That's right. We've definitely had monkeys on before. We, we've had, we've got Reese right here. <laughs> well, not on the film. I heard that. <laughs> I heard he that. heard oh, it. Shit, right? he, he heard it. He heard the movie. thing that you Literally. wanted him to hear. <laughs> <laughs> um... I Let's give it up for our homeboy, Royalton here, my favourite character in the movie. I know it's not a shock, you're all surprised, I hear the gasps of admiration for my choice. I thought you were going to go for a character that's in the background. Oh, you mean Shaft? Probably Shaft, yeah. Yeah. Um, we all know this guy. He's been in. He's one of those British character actors that's in everything, like he's in Game of Thrones. He sound, His voice in this movie sounds like... He was in V for Vendetta. Oh yeah, he played um the, the news t- reporter. The, yeah. the news reporter, yeah. The, the guy who wasn't Stephen Fry. Like I yeah. always thought in my brain, he was Stephen Fry. Roger Allen, I'm pretty sure his name yeah, is. Yeah, I think it's pronounced Alum. Uh, Alum, okay. I can't remember. Um, on on the Wikipedia cast list, he's fairly low down. Yeah, he didn't even yeah. have a cast p- poster. Yeah, that's right. And he's the villain. Yeah, he's great. I know him from a an audio drama show called Cabin Pressure, which has Benedict Cumberbatch in it where they play, like, these third-rate independent airline, and he's, like, the co-pilot, and he's got this rich voice, you know, like, and he plays Douglas. Douglas! And he's all, like, he's got animosity because he used to be, like, a proper pilot and a proper airline, but then he got kicked off because he's he's notoriously bad. Like, he's just, like, well, he's, he's a dickhead. Like, he plays these weird little games. Like, how many Alfred Hitchcock titles can I jam into the safety announcements? <laughs> and stuff like that. You're talking the actor or the character? The character. Right. 
and he's well, they're basically the same. Like you know, how sometimes you see some characters and they're basically what the actors like. Mm. Yeah, like y- y- when you see him in interviews, he's just Douglas. That's like very short-sighted. He's he's very like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's very snobby. And one of the greatest episodes of Cabin Pressure ever is in the show. The airline owner is a woman, an older woman, and she has a new boyfriend called Herc, short for Hercules. Ooh, he's played by one of my favorite actors, Anthony Stewart Head. Who I think we've had on in an episode. That sounds of the very podcast. familiar. Yeah, he's in Buffy. Was he in Repo? He is in Repo, the genetic opera, and he's one of those guys who's also got an amazing British voice. Like he's far more hello there. I'm got a sharp. And there's an episode in which in Cabin Pressure they have to make a a radio ad for the airline, and they're having to decide who should voice it. This guy in Speed Racer or Anthony Stewart Head, and for a solid five minutes they have a voice off. They just <laughs> voice off against each other. And it's genuinely one of the hardest decisions I've ever seen in an episode of anything ever. Like, you know when you see in shows or movies when characters have to make a decision? And you yourself go, well, it's obviously going to be this decision. Or obviously I would make this decision. Mm. You as an audience member go, far out, I just don't know. I mean, <laughs> he's got a, uh, you know, uh, Roger, he's got a more deep baritone voice. And he's got more of that British roar. I'm an adventurer type, but then uh, Anthony Stewart Head's voice is kind of crisp and sexy, and it's like, oh, which one would you? But both of them, both of them have voices that you just want to fuck, is what I'm saying. And he uses his voice in this so well. All of his lines, are especially perfect. especially when he turns to villain in this movie, like <laughs> he becomes more like. Yeah. Sign the contract. Oh, I especially Sign like the him in, in this breakfast scene. Yeah, when he's trying to be a good person <laughs> and he's just failing immensely. He's so emotional about pancakes. Now look at this city. It's just a lot to take in. Now, Bartek, why didn't what, what, what do you think stopped you from seeing this in 2008? Like, this is a big movie. The Wachowskis are huge. Well, I think the problem with that question is that I've sort of explained it, but I guess it doesn't explain why I didn't see it from 2012 onwards when yeah. I when it was brought into my I, I just can't, I just can't understand. You of all people, I could see you just rushing out to this movie with candy in your pockets, holding your friend's hands as you skip into the <laughs> cinema. Slow down, man. Slow down. <laughs> no, we got to see Speed Racer. <laughs> Front row seats. Maybe I was waiting for it to re-enter cinemas. Maybe I was oh. hoping the Aster would do it, and I just never checked. And they double feature it with like um, having to Ghost see this. In the shell. Having to see this at the Aster, I think it might break the screen. Yeah, Schindler's List. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. You choose a black and white movie, <laughs> and then you choose this. Double feature it with Sin City, and then it'll work. No. no. It'll it'll collapse the screen if you like play like um the 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 Aster Theater's cat will just like jump on the screen yeah it, it, it will die lights. it will die like all eight of all eight of its remaining nine lives will just perish will have one life left and then once you play the next Wachowski movie after it will just die and then its ghost will be like in pain screaming for all eternity so there you go funny fact about this movie. It came out in 2008. We've mentioned this a lot. Yes. Weird weird thing. Came out two months before The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, The Dark Knight's the thing we still talk about. I mean, 
this film's very, uh, to get artsy on you all, this film's very similar to the Dark Knight trilogy as a whole, if I could get down and dirty with you. Because, you see, Christopher Nolan, the intense filmmaker that we all know him for, utilizes music in his movie to um, tell the audience what to feel and what to think, as does the Wachowskis in this particular movie. Very similar feels of how they utilize music. Um, they are both adaptations of well-loved properties. I mean, the Batman franchise has been made into several movies, and see, the Dark Knight trilogy was very unique and daring like this movie because... People had an idea of what Batman could have been as a movie. You either think of the, the for better or for worse, Adam West-style goofiness that you got from Batman and Robin and the Adam West stuff, the Joshua Mark stuff, or you got that kind of grimy, kind of surrealistic look of Batman from the Tim Burton thing. So when Christopher Nolan, you see, brought it to a real-world standard, that was a daring move because people were like, whoa, I don't want to see my Joker with just, like, makeup on. I want to see him with a full clown face. And that was daring. And see, Speed Race is daring because of, you know, the Wachowskis are known for their visuals. Isn't that right, Reese? Correct. And the Matrix movies, for better or for worse, have very grounded um, visuals in comparison to this. Like, the transitions, the editing, which we've mentioned, the cinematography is far more traditional. While it's more the visual effects that are kind of the more standout thing visually in the Matrix movies, correct? Correct. While then the Wachowskis, this is their follow-up to the Matrix trilogy. This is the one that they do after. Right. They choose to visually do this, in which it's a pretty much a the most literal translation of a Japanimation cartoon that one could put to live action. I've heard from many YouTube comments that this is one of the most faithful to the original... And that's why this movie is as daring, if not more so, than The Dark Knight. It's and, daring, all right, damn. And more so than The Dark Knight. Uh, I think The Dark Knight pales in comparison to Speed Racer. Well, you know what Dark Knight was missing that this one uh, was not missing the equivalent of? Susan Sarandon? Dark Knight was missing. Na 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 Batman. That is true. It needed a really punchy, poppy song. Whereas this, this... one had Speed Racer, like fifteen different versions. Of yeah, it. like the 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 original <laughs> soundtrack of this film has the the original tune all over it. It's like it's an infection. This movie. and which led obviously in the credits, the music, uh, the obvious place to go would be to like remix that. that. Yeah, and and the weakness of the Dark Knight trilogy as a whole, in comparison to this singular movie, is. This singular movie is satisfying all the way through, while the Dark Knight trilogy, as a trilogy, isn't satisfying all the way through. There's a one standout movie in the trilogy, you yeah. see. And, and, that's, and that's clearly The Dark Knight, which came out the same year as this. But is The Dark Knight's merits as an individual film better than the individual film of Speed Racer? And I'm going to say this. No, it isn't. And you want to know why? Why? This film has a chimp. That is true. That is true. It does have a chimp. Dark Knight does not have a chimp, and what, they could have so easily have a chimp. What animals did they have in the Dark Knight? That's a good question. That is a good question. Uh, that that felt they, like it was on they, me. Do they have a, animals in the Dark Knight? Uh, I think they, they have dogs. They have dogs because he gets attacked by dogs, and they can bite through his mm. armor, right? And then he's like, I need new armor. Guess they also I need clowns. to be able to turn my neck. Well, there's an, there's are creatures more than animals. <laughs> I think there's birds. Were there any bats? 
There uh, are bats. Like in the bat cave or something? There are but No, it's more like he thinks about bats. Uh, so he thinks about animals, but there isn't actual bats. Well, no. I mean, well, here's the thing. Do we know, know that um, everyone in this movie is just thinking intensely about a chimp? And he's not <laughs> actually there? Except Spridal. <laughs> Spridal doesn't see a chimp. No, he sees Danny DeVito for what he is. <laughs> he sees. <laughs> Could this movie have been improved in any way? Hmm. It's hard. Other than it's putting a... Danny DeVito in his chim-chim in motion <laughs> capture form or, or makeup. Oh, probably Danny DeVito doing the penguin noises as well. <laughs> just to rub it in the Dark Knight wounds. Yeah, just to rub it in. You know, I almost wanted to say, like, because one of the funny things about the show compared to the movie is that in the show, you were beaten over the head with Racer X's identity because of the narrator. Of who he is or who he could be. Ba- basically, every episode, the narrator would tell you, and there is Racer X, unbeknownst to, to Speed, it's his older brother Rex Racer who oh, really? ran away as a kid. Uh, okay. Or and there's Racer X, Speed's brother in disguise. So it's very much beaten over the head for well, the viewer. Whereas in this film, it's, it's a mystery. Is it? Well, it has... Because once Speed actually meets him, he's like, that's clearly my brother. So it's not that much of a mystery, but it is because... Well, it's a mystery in the sense that... It's a double know, twist. You have to wait for it, it to be, double... like, confirmed. And before it's confirmed, it's denied. denied. What and then think... it's confirmed. What did we think of that double twist, if I may ask? Well, again, to go back to The Dark Knight. Yeah. The Dark Knight had the double twist of not telling us who the Joker is. Right? Because in the Jack Nicholson Joker, we get to know who he is, right? He's Jack Napier. Yeah, exactly. And he's Jack Nicholson, basically. Yeah, he's Jack Nicholson. And that was a twist on a twist you're expecting to know because of the conventions of uh, how it's done in the past. This is so much better than that. Like, you get a triple mega twist of, like, this character here portrays and all these backstabs and, and then the reveal of Racer X is actually not his brother, but then actually is his brother because plastic surgery exists in this universe. Nip Tuck. Yeah, Julian McMahon's show, Nip Tuck. Great, great, great reference there, Reese. Um, Louis Theroux documentary on plastic surgery. There's my reference. And uh, me just tucking in your nipples. There you go. So can you do that? Like, well, if you've got inverted nipples, they're naturally oh, tucked in. I'm gonna to give it a go. Ryan looks at me. Ow! <laughs> I'm just looking away from Reese putting his nipples in, him, in himself. It really hurt. I'll say. It really hurt. You didn't try hard enough. No, I did. Look. Did see, like fold? No, no you were trying to fold them. I said tuck. No, it's sort of the same thing. It's like you you fold. To tuck them in. So, listening people, Reese is trying to grab his nipple and twist it in on itself. Classic Reese. Well, no, isn't that classic? You, isn't, Reese. isn't that how you tuck a nipple in? Like, you can just push it, and that's kind of tucking it in. No, that's just pressing, isn't it? Oh well, yeah, but you're tucking but, it in. Again, since I do have inverted nipples, maybe I'm wrong here. But if you press it, wouldn't it like go in? Like yeah, a, like yeah a it, go, it goes in, but. I'm just trying to figure That's out how to That's tucking it in, though. Yeah. I, I... That's what I'm saying, Reese. Yes. Die, Reese, die. So, um, guys, this movie has a lot of visual elements going on. Did we notice the truck driver here had a picture of Al Capone behind them? Because they do. Because they just do. Because yes. you, you, you know what that reference is, don't you? Al Capone. Al Capone. Yeah, Al Capone. Because this movie... See, Al Capone right there. Oh, you're right. Oh, no, I think it's actually Edward G. Robinson, sorry. 
who has played Al Capone. <laughs> or Scarface. Yeah. The yeah. original Scarface. The original Scarface. That's what, yeah, that's right. So it's references upon references. I mentioned before I am not a big fan of any of the Wachowski movies. I've seen Bound. I've seen the Matrix movies. I've seen... Um, there's another one I've seen of theirs. Other than this. There's another one in their catalogue I'm missing. Oh, Cloud Atlas. Oh, yeah, Cloud Atlas. I do not like any of the, those movies except for this one, obviously. Uh, what about you guys? You guys big fans of the Wachowskis? Have you seen many of their oeuvre of film and your thoughts on them? I know I've seen the Matrix trilogy and I saw it I saw all three of them in a very short period of time, so not only does it all meld together and I can't remember the details, but I remember it did get pretty tiring by the end. I remember little, you know, individual action scenes, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that was all right. Like when he had to fight 15 million Hugo Weavings? But yeah, a lot of the Hugo Weaving stuff. It's because he's great. Yeah. <laughs> Hugo um, Weaving. And I know I've seen Cloud Atlas. I saw that in cinemas. And really? You yeah. saw Cloud Atlas over yeah, this step- in cinema? Yeah, yeah, my stepbrother and I, we actually, I think we got free tickets to see it. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, we got a fine for seeing it. <laughs> no, I, re- I remember that was an interesting sit. Um, I'm not sure if I've seen any of their other things. You haven't seen Bound? No, I haven't. Wow, that's like their first movie with Jennifer Tilly in it. And it's about lesbian, cr- uh, lesbian criminals. Fun movie. Oh. I didn't like it, but it was still fun. <laughs> what about you, Reese? What have you seen of them? Well, I've seen the Matrix trilogy. Loved it. Loved it. All three? The first two. Oh, why not the third one? What about that one draws the line for you? It uh, it felt longer, but it's still... <laughs> is it because it is longer? Yes. Correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe I'm misremembering, but Keanu Reeves wasn't in most of that film, right? It was? Was he? I think he's I, in all of them. I, I seem to recall from that one, it was mostly like a, a war and he wasn't in those scenes or something like that. Like, a, uh, Is from it... my vague recollection of it, I think he was just with like on a ship most of the time. Uh, I remember they all sucked. So that's what <laughs> um, I remember. I, have s- I haven't seen Speed Race until we had to do it for the podcast. Now you're a big fan. Uh, I have seen Cloud Atlas. You recently watched it. Yes, I did. First and... time? Uh, second time. Okay. Third time's the lady. Yes, and I haven't seen Jupiter Ascending as well. Oh, you haven't seen Jupiter Ascending. Dude, no. you haven't lived till you've seen Jupiter Ascending. That's a movie in which they're like, hey, can Channing Tatum... Can Channing Tatum... Can be part man, part alien, part wolf on <laughs> motor, on, on rocket boots. Also, can Mila Kunis be an intergalactic queen to the point in which she controls bees? Oh, she, that's right. She, I, I do remember someone talking about how she could control And Eddie things. Redmayne, can he nearly destroy his chance of winning an Oscar? Because he, had he wanted the year before. Of, he had Theory of Everything. No, he was nominated for Theory of Everything. But then it was like Nor- the Norbit effect, they call it, where Eddie Murphy was nominated. And then during the nomination, Norbit came out. And then he, they just said, no, you don't deserve an Oscar. <laughs> Because of Norbert, that's, that's a that's a fact. Very Just because of Norbert, yeah. Oh yeah, but people are ridiculous. And yeah. Eddie Redmayne nearly Norberted his career by doing Jupiter Ascending, where he's like, I talk like this through the movie until I yell. Can you do that throughout the rest of the podcast? Hello, I'm Eddie Redmayne. <laughs> uh, I speak like this. I love that. Can I try it? No. Damn it. Nothing stopping you, Reese, except the no. 
<laughs> but it's... Except for consent. <laughs> Other than that, nothing's stopping you, Reese. That's Bartek's lesson for this episode is consent. Do we need it? Yes. Consent, but can consent. Oh, I like what you did there. That was funny. Um, another thing about casting that I wanted to talk about was they had many, many people that they wanted as Speed Racer. Mm-hmm. Many, many people. And they chose this guy who's known for doing Speed Racer. <laughs> yeah, I think in 2008 um, he was also in Milk or something like he that. He was in Milk and he was also in another film called Into the Wild, which is probably what he's most well known for. But is that movie most well known? Yes. Really? Yes. When I looked I've him never up, I've heard of it. When I what? Look, when I looked him up on Wikipedia, yeah, uh, you haven't heard of Into the Wild. What is it? It is a story about a guy. It's a true story. It's living in the to, living in the wild. Um, he comes from a very rich family, and he decides that he doesn't want that life. He wants to live in. <laughs> His name is Emil Hirsch. Emil Hirsch. Oh, the actor. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so that's what he's most well known for, I think. When I looked him up on Wikipedia yesterday, like it had the list of his stuff, and you know how it has extra notes. There yeah. were a lot of like nominations for that film. Well, he's going to be in the next Tarantino movie. Ooh. Once upon a time in Hollywood, he looks like Ansel Elgort, not yeah. Ansel Elgort. No, what? no, really? Which one's Ansel? Elgort? No, no, the one who played Han Solo is that Ansel Elgort? No, that's Alden Ehrenreich. Alden Ehrenreich. Reich or Rick? Rick. He looks like him. He looks like Rick. Yeah, he looks like Alden Aaron Aaron Rick. Aaron Aaron. Sounds German. It is. I think he's Jewish. He is Jewish. He might be German as well. Germanish. I mean, Alden. Jewish. (laughs) Um, he looks like him, but like from ten years ago. They do look like brothers. I'm not gonna lie. You're not gonna lie. Good. I don't like liars. (laughs) (laughs) But I did lie before. What? Emil Hirsch and Chim Chim. No, they're not liars. They're truthers. No, I was talking about brothers. They're flat earth truthers. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, flat earthers. They exist. Uh, Bartek, hmm? how thrilled were you that this movie had a chimp? I was very happy because I do remember Chim Chim from the show. Um, and I was wondering, you know, were they going to have Chim Chim? Was he going to be a real monkey was, or, or, or like CGI? CGI and, or and, 2D animated cartoon? Two, yeah. Uh, Let's not and, forget. And they used two monkeys. Ooh. Yeah. Did I think. <laughs> this, was in the, this wasn't in the IMDb trivia, but I did find out at the time that one of the chimps did attack a crew member. Oh, mm. that would have caused some trouble. I mean, you know, trouble for the chimp, but that's about it. Now, was it was it by the chimp's own instinct, or did Spritel's actor put him up to it? Oh, that's a good question. We'll have to ask Spritel's actor, whom up. I know is listening to the show. Uh, we don't need... Hello, Spritel. Hello, Spritel. Speed! Sorry, I had to say it like he did. Royalton. Speed! Speed. The actor's name is Paulie... Shaw? <gasps> Paulie Lit. With two T's. Pa- poorly lit. He's fully lit. He must be absorbing that last lit with name a double right T, now. Yeah. He must be popular amongst the youngsters today. So this movie has a chimp. I was excited. Um, who was your favorite character, Bartek? I already said mine, which was Roy- Royalton here, which I'm I'm not I'm not ashamed about. He's so hammy that I love him. Mm. I uh, I feel like I've done this before, but John Goodman's really hard to pass up. 
Yeah, he's a hard guy to to pass upon. Is it because he, he got some? He got to wrestle. I was literally about to say, yeah, he got to do some physical things, which is in the cartoon. Yeah. The dad used to be like an extreme, like professional wrestler in the past or whatever. So it's kind of nice that they brought that back. I also want to give a huge shout out to uh, what's his uh, race Rex, Matthew Fox's. Uh, his voice in this film sounded really good, and his jawline looked great. Mm. We all know Matthew Fox as the guy from Lost. That guy. The main guy from Lost? That guy. Jack from Lost? Jack. He's in Lost. Did you know the TV show Lost also played around with chronology? Did you also know it was made by J.J. Abrams, who actually wrote a draft for this movie? Why didn't we see this draft? Well, drafts are drafts. They get adapted into further scripts, so maybe something from his draft remains in this movie, like the non-linear storytelling element. Could be. It I'm could, not joking. Yeah, it could it, be. It could be, but like, how many screenwriters were on for this movie, Bate? Fifteen. Like the Wizard of Oz. Oh my god. Did the Wizard of Oz really have fifteen screenwriters? According to Wikipedia, it did. Oh well, that's. Was Judy Garland one of them? Or... <laughs> um, it just says the Wachowskis. Oh, the Wachowskis. Okay. Yeah, they write their own things. They like Tarantino. Yeah, what do you think about the Wachowskis make them so well-liked as filmmakers? Not just say, don't just say, who's the Matrix? But, like, what about them as filmmakers makes them liked by critics and the general mass alike? Their Um, style. I'm honestly not sure. I'm curious to hear what you guys have to say. Because in my head, I kind of get them mixed up with... uh, a lot of those auteurs, like there, there's the Cohen brothers. It's like oh, siblings and. So what you're yeah. asking, Ryan, is like what makes them so unique? Yeah, what makes them so unique? New York. Well, oh, okay, they're from New York. I didn't know that. No, they're not. They're oh, like okay. Twisters, all right. Um, I don't know. Like, I think they always have like a different visual. Like, what's that? What's the word? A uh, visual panache. Is that it? Panache. Panache. They have a different. Panache. They have a different. <laughs> they have a different visual pa- panache. panache. I can't say that all in this. They pen, like writing pen, pen and pen, ash. Panache. Just, they have that. a different visual panache each film. Okay. That's what critics... Mm. So they're different every film? Yes. Okay. Mm. No no trademarks or anything? Yeah, well, their name. <laughs> well, I'm, okay, I mean, their name. Everyone yeah. has a name that they use. Can you so. name each Wachowski brother? Well... They're sisters now, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're sisters now. Can you name them now? No. Oh. I can't even name them when they were guys' names, so no. Because I don't like their movies, so I don't remember. So you'd be I like... I just remember them as the Wachowski brothers and now the Wachowskis. You'd remember them as W1, W2. You... Sure, why not? Are you thinking of what I'm thinking, W1? I think I am W2. It's uh... Roger Allen time. Yeah, I love... Um, Here's the thing that I think it is. I think that they're one of the first Hollywood directing directors and or directing team that have such an admiration and love for the Eastern culture, especially Japanese things like mm-hmm. the Matrix movies have a very, you know, kind of Hong Kong cinema kind of aesthetic going on with the over the top fighting and the jumping and the wire work and, 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 you know, that kind of storytelling that the that Japanese and uh, Chinese kind of films and stories and animations and all that kind of have like they have a very different storytelling kind of method to the West in their in their films and shows and I think it's that I think that 
critics and the audiences appreciate how they can kind of translate and transmit to the West what is so popular in the East mm. in so their a, own style. An international touch. Yes, and obviously the East like it too. Like, like you know, there's something amazingly wonderful about seeing them do that without having to be kind of, uh, you know, like pandering and mm. kind of like... It's kind of like Quentin Tarantino, how he's got such a love and admiration for those exploitation, grindhouse movies and those old pulp kind mm. of movies. Like and Red that's State kind of what we them. love yeah. about Tarantino. And that applies to his visual filmmaking. And that's kind of what they have here. And, there. and I think it's also the James Cameron effect of they have always been pushing the boundaries of what is filmmaking via special effects filmmaking, which is very important to a lot of general audiences and critics alike, because general audiences will want to go see a big blockbuster that is a visual extravaganza, uh, like The Matrix, you know, or like Iron Man, or like the next Avengers movies. Like, the Avengers superhero movie phase is very different on a level, but there's also, there's that simplistic thing of, we do want to see the visual wonderment of Thanos fighting Captain America in space or something, right? Like, there's that thing. And I think that's it. I think they're visually striking, as Reese said, but also pushing the boundaries of what one can do with the technology available, pushing it forward, pushing, 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 and their love and admiration and, and passion for the story styles of the East. I think that's it. It's very interesting uh, in terms of this film because this is based on a property that is from the East but was much more popular in America. Yeah. This was a lot of people's gateway to uh, to animation from Japan. That and Astro Boy. That and Astro Boy, yeah. Gotta give Astro Boy its creds. I think they... I think... Wikipedia also said that um, the two of the voice actors from the the American dub, obviously Speed Racer, play um, announcers throughout this film. I also think some of the Japanese ones over the years were some of the Japanese announcers as well. Uh, there was a trivia point about how in the Japanese dub of this film, um, they had original voice actors play... Funnily enough, not their original roles, but they mm. kind of cycled around. The thing about Japanese animation at that time and even now is um, when dubbed into English, the charm yeah. of it is the Lip-sync sped up. Yeah. <laughs> and But here's a thing that I heard a critique about that I found very interesting because, uh, you know, this film does have a negative reputation. And even from Speed Racer fans, there's that one thing that people have talked about, which is the speed. People like the charming element of how everything was made intense and dramatic and stoic by how everyone spoke really fast. Mm. And in this movie, in between the races, everyone's kind of really just natural and slow. And people have said that that's kind of a little bit of a detriment to the movie. Like, like... The Wachowski's style went so well, but they kind of like you should have made the actors kind of more energized, mm. which I kind of agree with on a level. Like Rod, you know, Roger there, he's pretty animated, so he doesn't need to push it any further. But I do agree that maybe uh, Emil could have been a bit more kind of like 
fast, energetic instead of kind of stone-faced. Mm. Have some scenes where he's a bit more manic and speaks in the the original Speed Racer style. Yeah. Yeah, where they, you know, where Reese they speak like, "You're the Speed Racer." Yes, I am the Speed Racer. <laughs> like he, he, um, incredible. Like he apparently rewatched the whole show because he grew up loving it. Uh, yeah. In preparation for this role, so on Cartoon yeah. Network. Yeah, that's you where I saw it. it. On Cartoon Network. Uh, I think I just saw it randomly. I never had Cartoon Network, so. Mm. Ah, look at this shot. The transition. Now, are you surprised, Reese, to learn that this is filmed primarily on green screens? Really? I know, I know. It's shocking. That, that's, that is amazing, that. I thought it was real sets for a good portion of it, but I learned it was green screens and special mm. effects. Like, look look at this. Oof. Well done. <laughs> yeah. Um, remember, guys, this movie has Shaft in it. Just wanted to remind us. Yes, yes, to remind us that we're wrong. Uh, yes, that you're wrong. Yes. You're wrong, Ryan's right, and I didn't say anything. Well, Bartek yes. didn't know what to say, because he was like, I-, I don't know who Shaft is, so I won't say he's wrong. Is that correct? Well, I know I know what Shaft is, but, but I... But who he is as an actor. No, I didn't. I, I did. I did confirm at least. So there's that. You did reassure my correctness. So there you go. Reaffirmed. Reaffirmed, Ryan. So Speed Racer's plot is really interesting for a big Hollywood blockbuster movie, and also for a TV show. In terms of yes, it's about go Speed Racer go, but it's also that um, uh, in this movie in particular about the general disillusionment and corruption of a, you know, a mass organized thing. Like, mm. this could translate into anything. Like, this could be any other sport. Like, they're using it through racing. But this kind of applies to a lot of things. That, like, it's not necessarily what it appears to be. That, that, that you can't judge a book by its cover necessarily. Like, there's a darkness underneath all things that are meant to bring joy and wonderment to the world, including film making Mm. uh and this is using the uh world of racing to kind of show that it's corrupt it's rigged it's all about money and profit it's not about the sport or the joy of racing itself which did you find that very compelling guys were you compelled i i was i think that I, I can't obviously it's I, it's been too long I can't remember if that was a thing in the show or not but um it it does for the characters uh, of pops and speed that becomes a huge thing for them where speed believes that yes that is the case and you know it was such an impactful thing that one race in my past where I not his past but where he watched as a child um shaped a lot of things for him and even for pops mm. but the, when he brings that up to pops pops you know says that's ridiculous that is ridiculous yeah i love this guy's acting <laughs> let's just look at him in with reminds, one face he reminds me of a uh, slughorn from willy wonka he reminds me of james spader <laughs> from the blacklist yeah like that exact character basically just james spader in general <laughs> Just how he always wears a black suit. Yeah, like Boston Legal, James Spader. <laughs> where he's like hanging out with William Shatner, smoking poop fat cigars, drinking scotch at the end of every episode. I think they wrote those because Shatner wanted to sit down one time <laughs> and refused to get up. <laughs> Come on, William, get up. No. I, no. I, I guess one thing that I could say um, to this film's detriment was um, at, at this point... 
they are doing the whole thing of, you know, jumping chronology because we've seen the race where he loses, he yeah. loses and the, the dad being sued. Um, and it's cut back to here and it's continuing from here and then it cuts back here. And I guess at the time I was like, so was that a hypothetical or was it actually happening? Oh, it's, it, but it is, it, it, it did happen. It did happen. That but was then the, the litigation doesn't really matter. And I, I guess to an extent, like at the time I was confused, but I had to realize that, you know, if I waited just a minute or two, it would have made complete sense. And I guess for some audiences... They just can't wait. They just... Well, that, but I, I also meant, like, they just can't admit being uncomfortable or confused. Mm, they need filmmakers to to pour honey on the little teaspoon and just fucking spoon-feed them. Here you go. Like, Here why, you go. Why did you give me a moment of being confused? Like... You know, where was why was the moment possible? I guess you could, I guess you could argue that, like, well, why was it necessary to be confused? But I would argue, why do you think it's not necessary to be uncomfortable? At times? But then I'll answer that question with, well, it's got shaft in it, so it's got shaft, it's got a chimp, it's got this guy whose name is Kick, yeah, he's the actor, Kick. Yeah, Isn't his name Sparky? No, the, the actor. actor. Oh, the actor, right. Pay attention, It's Reese. one of those ones where, <laughs> no, like... No, but his character's name is Sparky as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but his actor's name is Kick. Like, can you spell that? K-I-C-K. His name is Kick. He's got a it's last name, it, too. It's like yeah. Kick Gutman or something weird. What? Kick Gurry. Kick Gurry. I think his real name is Christopher, but he goes by Kick. Kick Gurry, and he's from Kick Melbourne. Kick Gurry. He's from Melbourne, so if you're listening, oh, Kick, wow. come on the show. I want to speak about just your name, not yeah. this, just your name. Because... Just your name, bro. Kick. I want to know the backstory. Uh-oh, of that. there's Ben Burns, otherwise known as Shaft. There's Shaft on his... He has a Shaft <laughs> Rip it person. down. Yes, he's a dirty racer. He is. He is a dirty, dirty racer. Um, who... I keep thinking you're going to say racist. <laughs> okay. Hear that? Confirmed. He's Ben Burns, racist. Just dirty, dirty racist. Mr. Burns racist. Like, that's this universe's version of races, is racists. <laughs> Racist. Uh, um, so Susan Sarandon's in this movie. We all love Susan Sarandon, right? We've, we've all appreciated her work in the past. Bartek, obviously, you know her from Witches of Eastwick. Mm-hmm. And I think there were one or two other things that she was in that R- I R- liked. R- but... Rocky Horror? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's Janet. Yeah. Damn it. There were one or two other things. I just, it slipped my mind, but yes, very good. Thelma and Louise. Yes, there's one. Dead Men Walking. Okay, what a weird one to throw at him. Like, you got to consider it. You got to consider who Bartek is. I don't think he's just going to be like, oh yeah, Dead Men Walking, that classic Susan Sarandon one I've seen. Or like, if you just went, oh, The Hunger. And he'd be like, oh yeah, of course, The Hunger. I love that movie. The one where David Bowie's a vampire. Yeah, of course. Okay, but. Bear in mind, she did win the Oscar for that film. Yeah, and Bartok hasn't seen many films without one have won Oscars. Has he? Bartok, how many? <laughs> <laughs> he has not. That was what I said. But he oh, wait, he didn't answer the question. And that's an answer in itself. What's oh. the question? <laughs> that you have not seen many movies that have won Oscars. I've seen all of them. All Oscar-winning movies mm-hmm. ever made ever. Even the ones for next year. Oh yeah, what's what's next year's one? Right, you will not believe what gets best picture. Okay, go on. You'll have to wait for a minute. No, I actually <laughs> want you to pre- I want you to predict it now. 
Well, the thing is, Ryan, I made the joke, but I just realised I don't really know any films that are out right now. Just say... One film. Oh, wait, uh, Captain Marvel. Oh, really? Captain Marvel. You're fucking kidding me, right? <laughs> no, you're not, you're not, you're, you're, you're not going to give it to Shazam? <laughs> oh, yeah, Shazam. Well, Shazam. Believe it or not, Ryan, the DC films missed out on the nominations next year. Are you year. kidding me? No, I'm serious. You if, fucking serious? Are yeah. you telling me... Are you telling me that uh, Sh- Shazam is not going to get it? Are there any other DC movies coming out this year? Uh, Are you telling Wonder, me... Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. No, they pushed that back. Damn it. They haven't even finished filming. Take that, Wonder Woman. But, but later this year. Oh, what about Paddington 2 deserves it for retrospect? <laughs> Paddington 3. Yeah, I was about to say, wasn't that forever ago? That was like last year, yeah. Oh, okay. It should have been nominated for the Oscars. Like, Hugh Grant should have been nominated... <laughs> He was nominated in every other... Oscar. What was his name in there? Phoenix Buckhowen. Phoenix Buchanan. Buchanan. The he... greatest fictional name for an actor, character, like his character's an actor. Uh-oh, Bartek's favourite scene where characters scream. I was so <laughs> waiting for this moment. My The whole episode was just like, oh, you want to talk about this, Ryan? All right, fine. <laughs> I need to pay attention we, to the We scream. didn't even need to ask Reese what his favourite character was. We know it's the, the chim scream. Chim. Oh, yes. Chim Chim. It's not Chim Chim. Are you lying? I'm not. Is it one of the family? Yes. Is it Detective Inspector? No. Is it Inspector Detective? No. Is it John Goodman? Yes, it is John Goodman. Oh, really? Well, you can't say it because I said that. Yeah, you have to choose something else. I have to choose something else. That's not fair. Your favorite is now mine. No, I'm choosing his character's favorite because you already chose his character's favorite (laughs) character. I now choose his favorite character. Your new favorite character is not Chim Chim, but get ready for it. Are you ready for it? No. Are you ready for it? I'm never ready for it. Are you ready? I just go say Go Speed Racer, go, go. The second announcer that isn't Shaft. Oh, so the other guy. The other guy who's also... Is that the old guy that wears yellow? No, no, near the end. Oh, right. The guy who's also in V for Vendetta. Um, he is. He's one of, like, the board... Oh, the, one of the board members. Yeah, he's also in the TV show Coupling. Okay. We have inadvertently had all of the male main male cast members from the TV show Coupling. We've had Richard Coyle, who we... Dick Coyle. Dick Coyle played, yeah. from Prince of Persia. He played Jeff in Coupling, the best character in Coupling. We've had Jack Davenport in The Wedding Dates. He mm-hmm. played, like... The one that didn't learn anything? Yeah, he's the groom. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the one who's a drunk. And we now have had Patrick from Coupling, who's second announcer in the final race. The one who's like, oh my god, Speed is racing off. So that's my favorite favorite character now. Yes. Other than Ninja who gets his pants pulled down. So (laughs) if if you chose my character... I've already said what my favorite character was, so you can't choose mine. Right, so I... Oh, I lose out. You, you were stuck uh, in a system of uh, of Ryan asking us to pick in an order, and you it, were the third. Am I one stuck asked. in Ryan's and bureaucracy, basically? You're stuck in my Ryan's tyranny. tyranny. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Well, I actually uh, prefer to call it a dictatorship, but you called it a tyranny. <laughs> but I felt that like you were going to call it a tyranny, so I thought we needed to say it together. I call it a utopia, <laughs> a forced upon utopia. But for Reese, it's a dystopia. Well, no, for Reese, it's a dinotopia. For Reese, it's an unappreciated utopia. That's what it is. A dinotopia. Now, my favorite bit in the movie is near the end, in which we get the payoff to the setup that Trixie 
and uh, Speed are going to kiss. Mm. They're about to kiss. They're <laughs> leaning in. And then the screen pauses. <laughs> and uh, Trixel, right? Spridle. Spridle. Why do I keep calling him Trixel? Spridle, which that's, is that's like the, a mixture of a sprite. Trixel. That's like which the, is a mixture of a sprite and a you, squirtle. Do you know the um, you know the term ship names? Like when you ship characters oh, together, you yeah, yeah, yeah. Trixie and Spridle. I would, I'd be down for that because mm. I remember Christina Ricci as a child actress, and I know him as a child actor. Team them up as kid versions. Love as, that. Okay. So then it's not like pedophile-y. Pedo. Okay. So I love that scene where it pauses and him and Chim Chim pop up on the screen in little medical outfits and he's like giving you a warning about how there's going to be kissing and you need a cootie shot. Yeah. And then he goes away again. And then when they actually kiss, he's not that, you know, disgusted. Well, no, he's already given his announcement. He's like pointing at it and everything. Well, wouldn't you? If your brother just won mm. the Grand Prix of 1991, <laughs> this is set in? <laughs> just absorb that. Mm. Um, wouldn't you point at him as he kissed Trixie? Mm-hmm. And then later down the line when that gets... You would, pre- you would record yeah. a little thing to put over yep. with your version of Chim Chim Reese. Yes. <laughs> it's funny because my Chim Chim is much taller than me. Well, <laughs> he can sit on his knees. Mm. And I have a brain. Chim Chim has a brain? I don't know where that comment came from. Chimps have brains. I know. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Oh, I get it. If Jesus was a brain. He, no. He's saying, he's saying you don't have a brain. So <laughs> he's like, you're like, oh, and Reese is taller than me. And he's, like, and he's like, I also have a brain. Like, you don't have a brain. Mm. So Reese just insulted you. Oh, so no. you now need to absorb that. Well, repress I'm a masochist, it, so repress fine. it, repress it, so mm-hmm. that it can bubble up when you're a 55 year old man and you have a heart attack from it, <laughs> and you could be holding your left arm as it's like you know stinging with pain, and you're remembering him saying you have no brain, and you're like ah, but I have a heart, <laughs> and that's his so re- much, so much retort to feelings. You. But again, like I said, I'm a masochist, so I enjoy the heart attack. And a masochist with inverted nipples, people. Just ladies, if you're listening. Bartek, he's a masochist with inverted nipples. And you can't also... use the nipple clamps, but I have all the other limbs. Yeah, you, can, you can use the other clamps. <laughs> I have fingers, and lady... toes, even a nose. I'll sell myself. Ladies, I can fold my nipples. He can't, though. I can! <laughs> I just can't. proved it! You can't. You said you couldn't. That's what you proved. To be fair, is we were just looking at you kind of playing with your shirt. Oh. Yeah, dude. You need All right, to what if I actually went under? Your, your black shirt that it's hard to, like, what, you know, If protect. I actually went under like so. That would just then... be playing with your under... The other side of the shirt. <laughs> you're going to say playing Reese, with your under nipple. Look, I'm just going to say it, Reese. You have to take off the shirt. I have to take off the shirt. Reese, what we're saying is you can't do it, but we're pressuring you to do it to a ludicrous extent for our own amusement. So if I took off my shirt and actually presented nipples akimbo that would make Bartek very satisfied uh, well he'll have to hit me first but yeah like why would I have to hit you this is a masochist we went through this oh race. yeah he's a masochist keep up to speed and racer, as we all speed know racer go <laughs> as we, speed racer as racer we all know, speed ra- a masochist's wet dream is Reese McKenzie <laughs> Oh yeah, we've all heard. No, this. I'm I'm Ryan's wet dream. There's that dream. scene. Oh no, honey, <laughs> um, you're more of a nightmare. Uh, <laughs> I wake up sweating in the middle of the night, thinking about Reese shirtless. I'm like, oh god, no. 
No, that's terrifying. It's like, you know Skeletor? Yes. The yeah. character of Skeletor. And when they made the live-action He-Man movie, they had, like... Oh, who was it? They had a really good actor play Skeletor. And Max von Sydow? Was it? No, he was Ming the Merciless in oh. Flash Gordon, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. You're was right. it Christopher Plummer? Bartek? Oh, I can't remember. Get up! <laughs> Get it up, Bartek. You know, I can't remember no, who, whom it was. Skeletor. Okay. And they had the makeup for him, and he didn't look like a proper skeleton. He looked like a Burns victim. Okay. That's what I imagine Reese with the shirt off. And by the way, we're at the part in the film. So where... I'm like Freddy Krueger. Not that much of a burn victim. We're in the part of the film where Speed's wearing his iconic outfit. Oh, this isn't that iconic of an outfit for, for Speed. He looks like snake oil, but like. Very iconic, though. I don't know. I think from my childhood, this is how he looked when he pretended to be snake oil. Oh, he got me there. <laughs> Put my hands in cuffs and take me away. Put your hands on your nipples. No, that's Reese. You gotta say that's Reese. <laughs> hands on nipples. Oh, okay. I don't know why that needed to be the voice to represent that move. Hands on nipples. Okay. Making fun of both people with voices and lists. Ryan, he's trying to make an iconic voice. Oh, he's trying to be and like... an iconic line. Oh, he's trying to make a catchphrase. Yes. Yeah. Hands on nipples. Did you also lisp at me? <laughs> I don't think so. Am I stuck in a world in which I'm in between lisps? Yes. Oh, God, you, no. You are stuck, Ryan, with me. You this are is stuck. a great transition. Wait, no. Reese, if you're going to be a big lisping character, you have to use Ryan's last name because it has a bunch of S's. Slewinski. Oh, wow. You nailed it. Now say my middle name. What's your middle name? Oh, it's no, got an S in it. you got to guess. Steven. No. That's my dad's name, though. Oh, okay. The S is in the middle of the name. Uh... Come on, Reese. That's right. You can't get I it. I can't think of anything else but Steven right now. <laughs> I think... I. That's what I think you're You can't even think of Stefan. Okay. Stefan. No. Well, I give up. <laughs> What's your middle name? It starts with a K. Kyle. Nope. I actually don't know Reese's Carol. name. Carol. No. Christ Carol! Christopher with a K. No. Crystal. No. I'll give you a clue. Go on. Home Alone. Kevin. Correct. Oh. It's Kevin. Kev. Kevin. Kev. Kevin. Kev. Kevin. Kev. Big Kev here. Kevin. Riso Kevo McKenzie. we're joined by the the reanimated corpse of Australian icon Big Kev, <laughs> who you whom you might remember being a big fat guy. Who advertised sauce bottles. <laughs> Gee, thanks. <laughs> no. You need to say it like Big Kev would have said How it. How would have Big Kev said it? you never it? seen Big Kev? No. Are you kidding me? I've never seen Big Kev. Bartek, you've seen Big Kev. I couldn't tell you who it is, but you I... You like yeah. Fat Pizza? Oh, that guy? He's in Fat Pizza. Okay, that Kevin. That Kevin. That's Big Kev. You remember? Right. Do you actually know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know, I know, yeah. He had the phrase... Kevin you... Tuckaloo, I think it was... No... I can't remember. He has, he's, in, he's in one episode as Big Kev, and he's having a hard... You know, he's having an orgy, and he says his catchphrase, I'm excited. Sorry, are we talking about Kev the Kiwi? No, we're talking about Australian <laughs> icon who appeared in Fat Pizza as himself. Right, so not the recurring character, Kev the Big Kiwi. Big Kev, who was a fat, white-haired Australian man who hocked barbecue products, and his catchphrase was... I'm excited! <laughs> and in Fat Pizza, he's having sex. I'm pretty sure sex. I don't think he even has a heart attack. And he says, I'm excited! And dies. <laughs> great shot here. Just good, a good, great transition. Out. Great transition. 
Uh, back so to many. Big Kev now. <laughs> Big Kev was this huge, like you remember Huey, Huey who had his cooking show on in the oh, afternoon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Huey's cooking. You remember Huey? Huey's cooking yeah, adventures. Was Huey's it? cooking. Huey's cooking adventures, where he was this big fat guy with a big jolly mustache and white hair, and he was like the opposite of JB Oliver. Where JB Oliver's the kind of cook who's like. All right, guys, let's make a food with no oil in it, because oil will be bad. Huey, he's just like, all right, guys, so we're going to be cooking one single fish. You're going to need four bottles of oil for this. (laughs) And three tubs of butter. And not like little tubs, industrial-sized tubs of butter. (laughs) And that was Huey. And he would always wear suspenders, like braces. I think I remember that, yeah. So jolly. And he would be cooking out in a public park. Like, you would see a swing set behind him. Like, he wouldn't cook in a studio. He'd be, like, outside. you see people walk past. And sometimes you'd hear them go, Hey, is that Huey? (laughs) (laughs) That's Australian cooking TV for you people out there. Not as good as Speed Racer. But you know what Speed Racer isn't as good as? One Australian cooking show I think we all remember called Ready, Steady, Cook. I remember the Uh, name, yeah. Used to watch it all the time when I was sick. Yeah, it was one of those shows if you were home from school, it would be on at 2.30 on Channel 10. And it had one host, it had two hosts, one of them was Colin Lane, Australian comedian, well-respected until then. And then um, the original host, who no one can remember except for me, apparently, who was an extremely gay man. Oh, you told me about this, yeah. Extremely gay, like very flamboyant. And he would always be hitting on the male contestants and touching them inappropriately and making sexual innuendos all the time. And it was just fascinating to watch the... Um, legal case being mounted against him via the show. Like, I don't think he ever had anything, but, like, you just watch the show and you're like, they would use this scene here and this one here in the court case against him. He'd always be, like, touching them, being like, aren't you a nice, chunky boy? So all the witnesses would have just been the TV viewers? Yeah. (laughs) I was sick from school when I saw it. Yeah, Australia stands up and went, we all saw it. (laughs) We all saw it. I'm waiting for the Me Too Ready Steady Cook hashtag to be emerging. We should totally do an episode of Ready Steady Cook on this. Uh, as an unappreciated masterpiece movie? Like, yes. we just splice it all into a movie like... No, we actually do a Ready Steady Cook. Movie? No, yes. We make one? Yes. I'd love that. Bartek, out of all the bad guy henchman caricatures in this sequence, or in the film in general, mm. did you have a particular favourite? Uh, I like the guy that tried to in this sequence specifically like when he when he was trying to jump or, or flip into speed he missed and he just like laughs or something yes um what about you reese i like this villain like the beehive right my favorite <laughs> i love the beehive too because <laughs> it's so ludicrous yeah <laughs> because they're moving really quickly but the bees are like yeah. stuck in orbit around the beehive oh that's how they work bees no one knows how they fly Mm. Um, according to the B movie, I just thought it was the wings. No, 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 no. I liked Black Viking, Black Rastafarian <laughs> Viking, because when you think of Vikings, you don't think black guys. Yeah, you think of white hairy dudes. You think of like white, white blonde haired, blue eyed, like or red heads, very pale skin, but you don't think of like black guy. A black guy with, like, Rastafarian beard mm. and accent, because he's like, I'm going to get you, man. Or, Reese, could you say it in your pirate voice for us? Uh, uh, so what's the sentence again? I'm going to get you, man. 
I'm going to get your man. No, no, that's Sean Connery. No, that's no. Or- that's my Orson Welles. <laughs> that's just Sean Connery. I mean, that's Orson Welles. Right. I'm going to get ya. No, that's closer. <laughs> that's closer. <laughs> I didn't realize I was doing a Orson Welles. Just then you were. Awesome. I'm awesome. What a great shot. What a great shot. Do you? How hard do you think it is to train a monkey? Very hard. Uh, I think it's pretty it's... easy. You just need a monkey trainer. There was a movie recently, a TV movie about Harry and um, Prince Harry and his new wife, Meghan. Meghan. Merkel. Markle. Merkel. Markle. Um, they have a scene in it in which there's a tiger, in it or lion. Can't remember which one. Lion. Let's say lion just for fun. And apparently in the scene, like they have a gun pointed out, and the guard's supposed to put the gun away, but the lion tamer thought that the the lion was supposed to take the gun away. So in every take, they had this lion smack the gun out of his hand, and they just sh- and the guy would shit himself because like that wasn't supposed to happen. And then they had to reteach the lion not to do that. Have you seen um? A clip from Graham Norton's show with Seth Rogen talking about uh, the interview. Yes. Yes. That one was very funny. How they had a... Was it a lion or a tiger in that it one? It was a tiger. Tiger. The tiger trainer just doing everything that you would not want a tiger trainer to do and also getting his son to train the tiger for him or something yeah. like that. We're getting up to the moment in which ninjas are going to be introduced to the movie. Now, Reese, before yes. we get into the ninja talk, because, you know... You know what they say. If you have... An army of one ninja, they're pretty much impossible to beat. But if you have an army of ninjas upside down, they're really easy to beat. Um, but before we get into the ninja talk... Yes. How turned on by that leather outfit are you? Not really. That Speed Racer is... Does it not remind you of Cyclops? Wait, that Speed Racer's wearing? I mean... Racer X. X. Racer, Racer X. X. I'm sorry, Bartok, <laughs> that everyone it's, has it's, Racer it's just, in their name. It's just not George Clooney Batman. I mean, it doesn't turn me on whatsoever. Is it because of the lack of nipples? Lack of nipples, yeah. Which needs... you are all about this episode. Yeah. yeah. Race is we all need... about the nips. If Jesus had nipples, he would be Greek. So he is Greek. If he had them. Well, well he had nipples. You yeah. well, were you him. there? Were you there? He had nipples. Were you there to see his nipples? Yeah. Have you seen every single crucifix? Have you not read the book of Mark? <laughs> Do tell us. Did it say it had Jesus a puff. had no nipples? Well, it's chapter one, verse one, man. Jesus, you ha- can't confirm Jesus it. had nipples. Even, Are you sure? I'm sure. Are you sure? I'm that? pretty sure. 100% sure? It's on every crucifix. I like I, not every crucifix. I could grab a crucifix right now and he probably doesn't have nipples. Grab it. <laughs> let me just grab my old-fashioned crucifix that I just have hanging up in the house. Um, but but am I ready? Yes. Are you ready for the ninja talk? What does the ninja talk involve? Do you like ninjas? I love ninjas. Do you like ninjas in this movie? Yes, they're very funny. Funny. So you think ninjas are fucking funny? You know what's not funny? Ninjas. Bartek, I'm going to talk to a real ninja expert now. I'm calling in the Wachowskis themselves. Beep, boop, beep, boop, beep. Thank you, Wachowskis. That's like how they talk now. They just talk in a series of beeps and boops. Just Um, just like R2-D2. No. Completely different. They weren't trying to do their version of Star Wars with Jupiter Ascending. Isn't that right, Wachowski? Beep, boop, beep, boop, beep. Thank you. Exactly right. What about you, other Wachowski? Uh, yeah, not really. 
<laughs> exactly right. That's their actual. That's the third Wachowski. The one that's called Sylvester Wachowski. Sylvester Wachowski, <laughs> who's a mixture of Rocky and the cat. <laughs> Could you say that like an is like a Home Alone sort of deal? Like Sylvester Wachowski. No. Oh, why not? I will get the other Wachowski to say their name. Uh, other Wachowski say their name. Beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, boop. Sylvester, beep. <laughs> Thank you, Wachowskis. Suffering. Sickness. Wachowskis, when you hired ninjas in your movie, were they actors or real ninjas? Beep. Real ninjas? Whoa. How do you hire real ninjas? Beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, 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 bark. Ninja star. So you hired them from a dog kennel. Interesting. What were they doing at a dog kennel, my Wachowski friends? Beep boop beep 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 So they work at they work at dog kennels to teach dogs to be ninjas. I knew it. And that's what the next movie's about, right, guys? You're doing the their they're doing their version of amazing wacky races where they teach Motley to be a ninja. And Motley, like, karate chops, like, snide... Is he... Does Motley work for snidely whiplash, or is that... No, that's... <laughs> that's... <laughs> that's Dudley do right? <laughs> he works for, um... Oh, what's the bad guy in Wacky Races? Dick Dastardly. Dick Dastardly! Oh, I'm sorry for getting Dick Dastardly and snidely whiplashed <laughs> confused. Um, how did... <laughs> how did I get that confused? I don't know. I would have accepted Waluigi. Waluigi. <laughs> or, or... Did you guys ever watch Roger Ramchat? No. You never watched Roger Ramchat? I, I preferred I... Wacky Races. Roger Ramjet, he's our hero. I, I remember the song. Leader of the nation. It. And he used to take to help fight bad guys a proton pill, which was just steroids. He just put a little pill and he would gain muscle and then punch them. Oh, I see. Ninjas in. Oh, here's ninjas. They here's a nice little reference to James Bond. It is? Yes, there's a man. Oh, there's a man, okay. No, isn't there, isn't there a James Bond movie where an assassin tries to kill James Bond in his sleep by lowering down one of these little wires and drips poison down? Probably. And he moves, um, and it um, goes on his mouth, and then James Bond's like, ah. I'm I'm 100% sure on this. Reese. you can't, can't say I'm wrong because you thought that it wasn't Shaft. Right. Um, I'm pretty sure that there's one of the old school James Bonds has this, and then it's referenced in Gross Point Blank, and now it's referenced in this. Do you think, Bartek, that ninjas are some of the coolest inventions ever used for fictional purposes? Like, I know ninjas existed, but, like, for fictional things, do you think ninjas are as cool as they are? I think they are. There's a lot of things you can do with ninjas. They have uh, the whole honor code. Or Um, lack of honor code. They they have like that vaguely magical abilities that is called ninjutsu and things like that. Um, I I've I think there's some debate among like people about what's cooler, like ninjas or pirates. Um, and the answer, samurais. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, the answer. I'm into samurais, but between the two, I I think ninjas <laughs> are more interesting. Yeah, I I agree, I agree. But you know, what's even better, ninja pirates. Mm. Thanks, pirates. Of the Robot ninja pirates, maybe. <gasps> oh, dogs, <laughs> dog ninja robot pirates. Um. Have you watched many, if any, ninja movies, though? Like, it's a whole genre. I mean, I don't know about movies, but I, I've certainly played a lot of Japanese games and seen anime, so there's that. Favourite ninja game? Go. 
Uh, let's see. And you can't choose those bits of Crash Bandicoot where you play through Asian aesthetics. Yeah, there was something like that, weren't there? Yeah, when you're on the Great Wall <laughs> of China. And number three, you're riding as... I can't remember if there were ninjas on that level. They were just there like... were, weren't they? No, they are just carrying things. There were a bunch of, I like, said just Asian and aesthetics. Yeah. I said just Asian aesthetic le- uh, levels. You're not allowed to choose that. The ninjas in Destroy All Humans 2 are pretty funny. Yes. Because they had their whole... Because there was the white ninjas and the black ninjas, and they're like, oh, what was the difference between them? Like, a long time ago, we had a master who wore grey, and it's like, oh, and there was, like, some... <laughs> fight between you two about like and what that color? split you apart right it's like no we accidentally ordered black and white ninja suits and we couldn't agree on which ones get which uniforms so we split because it, of that that reason. kind of stuff always makes me think of the tv show red dwarf where in that it's set in the future three million years and his pet cat evolved mutated and evolved and eventually once he wakes up a whole civilization of people who evolved from cats existed and they've moved on, and they had, like, Holy Crusade Wars, because his whole dream was to open up a hot dog stand on in, in Fiji, and they've translated this into, like, a hot dog donut stand on the in their holy land of Fushal, and they fought over what colour hats it should be, blue or red, like, that was their Holy Crusades, and he's like, oh, such a tragedy, they were meant to be green. <laughs> So, Ryan, what do you have to say about ninjas in fiction? Well, your favourite ninja game is Destroy Humans 2, hashtag confirmed. <laughs> I think ninjas are great. I don't watch enough ninja-related content in my life. I think I've seen a few, and they're great. Would you count just Bruce Lee movies as ninja movies? Because he verses ninjas in them sometimes. If there are ninjas in there, then yeah. I love me some ninjas. I love me Death Stars. I love me nunchucks. I love the... the shuriken. Yeah, yeah. Nunchucks? Shur- which well, you're are- talking about the Death Stars. The yeah. Ninja Stars. No, yeah, you're giving them the proper name, but we all know it's cooler when you call them Ninja Death Stars. Well, that just makes it sound like Star Wars. No, 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 no. You're making it sound like Star Wars. When you just say to someone, hey... Do you like Ninja Death Stars? You're like, oh, I know what those are. Those are the Death Stars that ninjas throw. Yeah. Did you think of Star Wars? Yes. Really? Yes. You're fucking you kidding me. You said Death Star, Ryan. You said Death want? Star. Yeah, but they're called Ninja Death Stars. Yeah, but you said... Because they're stars still... that you throw at people and they kill <laughs> yeah. them. I know you're saying, oh, because they're the Death Star, but fuck off. Ninjas are above Star Wars. Ryan, you Even though they fucking appear in them. <laughs> I'm right and you're wrong. We've you already Ryan. confirmed this. <laughs> You're Ryan and we're wrong. Um, my favourite ninja movie is Star Wars 3, Re- Revenge of the Sith, because we're talking about Star Wars now, and that movie basically has ninjutsu in it. There you go. Alright. Reese, we don't need to know your favourite ninja movie. We know We know it's My Little Pony the movie. We know it. Alright. I think on. there is a ninja pony in there. Could you explain why it's my favorite ninja pony? Because you're a brony. Did I need to say it out loud? I, I was going to save you the embarrassment of saying it out loud, but there you go. Well, thank you. What's your real answer, Reese? That was his, his answer. It's well, Ryan, movie, right? I'm under Ryan's tyranny, so I have to obey. My utopia. <laughs> <laughs> it's Smurfs, right? With Neil Patrick Harris? The what? Neil a... Patrick Harris movie called The Smurfs. He did a Smurfs Is there a ninja movie? Smurf? 
Oh, there must be. There's a Smurf of every variety. Is there like an Avatar Smurf? I mean, they're all Avatar Smurfs on a level. Uh, Are you kidding me? You know how they made that live-action Smurfs movie where they like, had Katy Perry as Smurfette? Yeah. Well, when they go to the live-action world, it's Neil Patrick Harris that they go visit. And in the second one, Neil Patrick Harris's dad is Brendan Gleeson. Aww. Who doesn't change his accent. Oh, so he's Irish. Of course. Well, it makes sense. Neil Patrick Harris could come up as Irish. His middle name's Patrick. So. His name is Patrick. But he l- doesn't look Irish. Yes, he does. He looks like a little Nazi boy. He looks Irish. He's blonde-haired, blue-eyed. <laughs> yeah, but like, where, where do ninjas fit into this? Because ninja <laughs> Smurfs. Oh, it's because um, Nazi ideology came. Um, oddly enough, they got the swastika from India, and India has some ninjas too. Go on. Indian ninjas. He's seen Bollywood movies. He could tell us about. Right. Indian representation of ninjas. I'm sure they've appeared. Um, I don't think they were called ninjas, but I do. I think there were some action films that did have some rather agile folks. <laughs> agile folks. With some scimitars or something. Just some agile Indians on their day out, walking down the streets. They they like to hop and spin to grab an apple. Um, no action scene, just them walking. Um, this guy here was one of them. Uh, you know, he's just kung fuing his way through. In Japan, they're called shinobi. Shinobi. Oh, like Star Wars, right? Is there a shinobi in Star Wars? Kenobi. Obi Wan Kenobi. Well, that rhymes, but it's It's very similar, though. So, you know. And if it rhymes, then yeah. Well, you know, anything. You can basically say anything is like like Star Wars, right? Yeah, it's like Ryan and Tryon. You try a lot. Well, I'm Ryan right. It's also like right a lot. So there you go. Yeah, because you have a T in your name. I do. It's a silence. Oh, so you're French. Game on, Yarg. That proves it. What? Confirmed. Yarg. That's French for yes. It is. We don't believe you. And by that I mean... Try hard. Try harder, Ryan. You're saying we, we means French? No, that's the feminine for French. The masculine for French is yarg. Oh. Yeah, I just pwned you. Did you just gender the word yes? But you know how the French language... You know how European languages work, right? It's usually with nouns, though, isn't it? Yeah, but I'm... (laughs) You're German. I'm German, yeah, of course. Hi, (laughs) Zaka. Germans are just so me Germans are just throat noises. I like John Goodman's walking here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you noticed that. His arms are as stiff as a board. He's leaning he doesn't want to carry those fire extinguishers. Well, do you? No. Exactly right. Correct answer. You've passed. You're now on level four. This is his really. Level. Yeah. I'm on level four. What does that mean in the Ryan Utopia? Well, you'll find out at level ten. Does it get a get like um? So you have to reach level ten to find out what privileges you had at level four. <laughs> yeah. So what it's if a, I get what if I get pyra- to level? It's a pyramid scheme. So if I get to level ten and if I get to level twenty one per se, I get to find. Oh, out. there's no level twenty one. I think less pyramid schemes and more like the OT levels from Scientology. Ah, no, you got me. I, so Ryan's a Scientologist. No. How dare you say that? He's going to sue you now. No, jo- no, no, no. Michael Pena's a Scientologist. Really? Yes. Oh. Nancy Cartwright's a Scientologist. I found out that... Um, Isaac Hayes was a Scientologist. I found out that... um, What's her name? The the actress that played Donna in that 70s show is also apparently... Oh, most of the cast of that 70s show is a Scientologist. I heard that it was just her and uh, Hyde. 
Hyde and his brother, who also appeared for several episodes of that 70s show. Um, I thought we were talking about main cast. Oh, just, no, most of the cast. A lot of the cast members that come in with Scientologists because Danny knows them, like, come on in. Mm-hmm. Come be in my show. Yeah, Scientology, people. Yummy, yummy. Um, the cult that keeps existing. And will never go away. I mean, it will eventually. It's on the decline, but they won't tell you that. Oh, it's going great guns. What'd you say? Sorry? Oh, I was just from the point of view of a Scientologist. It's going great guns. Guns? Guns? It's going great guns. Guns? Is that a saying? Great that's guns? a saying. Okay. Are you sure that's a saying? Okay. Yeah. It's going great guns. Uh, no, you're lying. No, that's a it's, lie. It sounds like you're complimenting like your biceps or something. No, no I, I think he's lying. It's called great guys. The phrase is guys. The phrase is guns. <laughs> what are you on about? No, I said... The phrase <laughs> is, it's going great, guys. No, the phrase is going great guns. I think. Are you talking about like, oh, is it like a Cool Beans kind of thing? Yeah. What are you on about from this movie? No, 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 from just We're in gen- the society. Movie, right? Well, the movie has the phrase Cool Beans used a lot because Does that's it? Trixie's catchphrase. Oh, okay. Don't you remember that? I just brought that out of nowhere. No, no, she says that throughout the movie. She Remember when she's a little girl, she looks at the camera and goes... Cool beans. And then she says that throughout the movie. That's why I was like, oh, you're referencing the movie. I'm sorry, Bartek, for having remembered her catchphrase. <laughs> I'm sorry for coincidentally bringing it up. I am I think you're lying, Reese. I'm not lying. It's great guns. That's what does what that even oh, mean? Sorry. It's going good. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's great guy. Well, I don't... I'm going in the windshield wiper territory for father figures in which my brain is melting because I'm like, it's clearly this logical thing that is happening. But you are like, no, Ryan, it's this completely illogical thing. And knowing me, it will be my luck. It will actually be a phrase that's only used in 1910. I'm going to look this up right now. To be I w- fair, with slang and sayings, it, it's up in the air if it's true. Oh or not, yeah, so like yeah. I could say, "Oh, Bartek, you don't know the phrase Meshuggah, bruh," and you're like, "What does that mean?" It ah, means hello. Ah, ha, 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 ha. Are you okay, oh, Doctor Robotnik? What, there we go. Ah, ha, 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 ha. I gotta read it before you start laughing. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Definition of going great guns in the idioms dictionary. Let's let's see. Uh, you know, I don't believe you still. Oh, going it's great right in guns. his face. Okay. To do something enthusiastically and successfully. As heard in the UK and Australia, he was hesitant at first, but now that he's been on the job for a month, he's going great guns. Ah. ah <laughs> I don't ah. even know what that means. Wait, wait, wait. So did the context you just used it in still applies? Yes. Did it, Bartek? I think it did, yeah. I don't know. Um, Another version of this is, I'm over my cold and going great guns. Business is great. We are going great guns selling ice cream. <laughs> um, Reese, I still don't believe it. I think you have uh, made an internet page before <laughs> we even started the episode to then justify your going great guns. I can't even guns. tie my shoelaces properly. I can't do a website. I, uh, yeah, I like how those are two connected things. Like, dude, I can't even do my shoelaces, let alone make a website. You're right. Yeah. They are totally connected things. So, guys, if you don't know how to do your shoelaces, just give up on life. You can't do anything. Just get your make a website. 
We're not sponsored by Squarespace, but if we were, it wouldn't apply to you because they make easy and efficient websites that you can create. Well, you can't because you can't tie your shoelaces. You're excluded. I like something that Reese did a while ago on Facebook. Because um, <laughs> oh, no. Reese is in a band, yes. and he has a Facebook Oh, he's page. looking for a drummer and a lyricist, guys. So. Well, not a lyricist, but... Oh, you found a drummer. No, we haven't found a drummer. No, wait, hang on. We are still looking for a drummer. We don't need a lyricist. Oh, but you asked me to be your lyricist. Well, if you want to be a lyricist, you can be. There you go. They're looking for a lyricist. No, no we're not looking. <laughs> but if you want to be a lyricist... Okay, let me just phrase it in a better way. Right. Your band's name is... Ascarian, yeah. Ascarian. Yes. They're going great guns, but they might need a lyricist. No. But they definitely need a drummer. Yes. They need new great guys. And if you happen to be a lyrical drummer, that would be even better. Yes. But they don't need that. What they do need is a drummer and perhaps a lyricist. If you're in the Melbourne area, contact Reese McKenzie via Ascarian's Facebook site and emails and... And, and MySpace? To, to give context, MySpace? we don't really need a lyricist. But they but definitely you... need a, a drummer. drummer. Do you know how to drum? Bartek? Okay. You're hired. You're hired. <laughs> what, what were you going to say before, They're a metal Bartek? band? You, so recently, the reason why you're looking for a new one is because uh, a band member left, right? Yes, yes. No, they died. You shouldn't have brought it up. And in the Facebook post, you posted as Ascarian. Yes. And when you were listing out the names, you were like, other two band members and I. As if we were meant to know, like, oh, Reese is writing this. Well, I did, because he also used the phrase, things are going great guns. <laughs> and I just went, that's clearly Reese who wrote this. <laughs> Didn't we have a thing on a previous episode where Reese was talking about something about a guitarist and we were confused about it? Uh, yeah, look, Reese is confusing, as is this sequence here, in which it's showing the confusion of the stock market. You know, things are going chaotic, you know, and, 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 and Royalton here, he's like, whoa, I've got to buy for higher stock share? Oh boy, this is really a kid's movie. That's the thing i got to ask. Who is this for? Kids. Because it says it's for kids, but at the same time they have, like, mm. Sexy things, lots of violence. It goes for over two hours, and it's a lot of business and stock markets. Yeah. I, I feel and like intrigue about capitalism and corruption. I feel like it's the type of film that wants to be for everyone, but would mostly appeal to people that like knew the show. Oh, I thought you were gonna say it's one of those ones that is meant for everyone but appeals to no one. Well, evidently that's not true because you know it, this does. To an extent, have a cult well, following. Yeah, like, but it's still like, unappreciated. You could say that about every movie ever made. You can't apply that rule to it, but you can at the same time. Well, like, I, feel, I feel like with cult followings, there has to actually be like the the rise in later years. Oh, like the room. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think you can just say like, oh, a few people like this. It's like yeah, there has to be a bit more than a few. Well, yeah, things are going great guns. Um, Reese McKenzie. Yes. We didn't get to hear about your favourite ninja thing, did we? Because well, I told a... you you're not allowed to. Yes. But you know what? I've decided that you're still not allowed to. Okay. But I just wanted to bring up that... Wouldn't this be guy this guy here be great as a ninja? I'd love to see it. <laughs> I would you? absolutely love to see <laughs> and it. His special ninja skill is being quiet. I feel like, yeah, <laughs> if, um, if he like escaped from prison and he needed to find a gang and he found ninjas, then he'd be like, well, I have to adopt the way. He adapts. The, That's his strength. The 
I don't know, Bushido Samurai. Whatever, with some sort of ninja way term. What? Hmm. What did you say? Uh, you know what Bushido is? Bushido is like the samurai code. Isn't that like, like that really thin slice of meat that you can get at the deli? I don't think so, but what if whatever Reese, like a... you know what I'm talking about a Bushido? Yeah, a Bushido, a Bushido roll, like <laughs> a Bushido roll. Yeah. There's no, there's no R in it. A Bushido. What's that really thin slice of meat you can get like, from the deli? Salami. No, not fucking salami, <laughs> you fuck. <laughs> So you can buy ninja meat at your deli. That's what I'm saying. Well, samurai meat. Samurai meat. But well, we said about ninjas. Now you're involving him in a samurai gang. Well, I was trying to think of if there's a term for like a ninja code, but I guess I'll just say ninja code. Bushido code. Salami. Uh, salami code. <laughs> He's in the ham code. He's in the ham code. Didn't you know all these fighting people's codes are all based on meats? That is true. That is true. Now. We've got to talk about the main aspect of the movie. It's in the title. Speed Racer. Race. Oh. We've got to talk about the fucking racing. Race relations. Race oh, rela- yes. Okay, race relations. So in this movie, they use the unusual tactic of having the American team up with the Japanese, but then the Japanese betrays the American. Do you think that's like a commentary on the disillusionment the Japanese have felt towards America post-World War Two, like due to the nuclear bombings, the Japanese have a general disillusionment? Do you think that's what that's about? No, I think it's the fact that they don't localize most of the niche games. Do you think it's because Konami's involved somehow? <laughs> What's Konami? It's a video game company. They Metal make, Gear. They make okay. Metal Gear Solid. Well, they used to make things. Metal Gear Solid. Well, they make Pachinko Machines based on it. There's a Metal Gear Solid 3 they remake that's Metal a Pachinko Gear, Machine. Metal Gear Survive. Yes, they did. Which is like the lamest game ever made, <laughs> in which it's like build a fence, poke him with a stick. That's the game, Reese. That's Metal Gear now. Because they kicked... Um... Actually, I don't think you build the fence. I think you just take them to a fence and then poke them through it. Oh, really? Fuck me. I can't remember, yeah. Uh, because they kicked out... What's his name? They kicked out Kojima Productions. Oh. They kicked out Kojima himself. Bastards. And now he's making this weird game called Death Stranding, which nobody knows what the fuck it is, and yeah. it's never going to be released by the sounds of things. Where it's got Norman Norman Reedus in it as a baby and as a man. But the baby Norman Reedus looks like adult Norman Reedus. Before he was kicked out, (laughs) he and another guy were making a new Silent Hill game. Do you know who the other guy was, Reese? No, I don't. Who was it? Guillermo del Toro. Oh, Guillermo. And it was going to be called Silent Hills. Yeah. Because it's a sequel. And then they kicked them out and then he won an Oscar. Yelmo, not yeah, not, not Kojima. <laughs> he would want that. Yeah, you know, who need, you know who Kojima needs to team up with just to piss off my brain, David Cage, because they both love writing more than they love games. Mm. Could you imagine their game together, where it would be like fifteen years long, everything's done by QuickTime events, and the storyline is incomprehensible garbage. <laughs> Mm, it would be confusing. Uh, and and it's nothing allegorical. Because that's David Cage's whole thing now, where it's like, oh, was it Becoming Human? D- Detroit isn't it, Become Human. Isn't about race things, it's just about androids. 
He's like, I'm not using robots as an analogy for anything potent. It's just about robots. By the way, feel free to spray paint I have a dream. I have a dream. Oh, sorry, digital apply, not spray paint. Ah, um, but the racing here is almost as good as the saga of, of Kojima having to make Death Stranding being a thing. Because he's a crazy man, right? He's very eccentric, yeah. You can say crazy man. It's okay to admit it. You can this is a guy who's, who's put himself into some of the later Metal Gear. This games, is a guy yeah. who whose Twitter is nothing about nothing but talking about how sexy Norman Reedus's body is, and he can't wait to show us all in Death Stranding. In um in Metal Gear Solid, this is a real guy. I can I can tell. In Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker, which was the the first or well, one of the first Metal Gear games where you like recruited soldiers and you have like is that the fourth one. Uh, it's it's technically the fifth one, but it's not Metal Gear Solid Five. Um, yeah, it's the only one that's not numbered, but that's like really essential to the main story. It's weird. Um, in it, you can unlock him as a soldier, and every single soldier has like a quote associated to them. And I think Kojima's one is like seventy percent of my life is movies. It's up to you to decide what the other thirty percent is. <sighs> Porn. I guess. Because these games also have weird sexual elements to them that I do not appreciate. Well, a lot of Japanese games. I don't, and I don't appreciate it. Mm. Um, Reese, you love racing. I do? Yeah. You went, well, we've driven in the car with Reese, and he's a bit of a lead foot driver. Just a, I'm a lead foot driver. Yeah, you, you kind of, you know, push, push on the accelerator a bit. To make it go forward. <laughs> to make it go forward real fast. All right. What did you think of the racing? Did you have a particular favorite racing or driving sequence in this movie? I liked the desert sequence more so because it had a lot more going for it. With the bees. With the bees. Hmm. And like Not the, the bees! The, it just felt like I liked the gadgetry of the cars. Hmm. Like the combat racing. Yeah, yeah. A lot of... Uh, Apparently, there's a lot of people having the notion that this is also a pretty good adaptation of the F-Zero video game series. The F-Zero, I've heard of that. I've it, never played them. Yeah, I've, I've never heard of them. It's uh, Do you know the character Captain Falcon that's in Smash Brothers? I'm aware. He That's the video game series he's from. It's basically a, a futuristic-style racing game where... Um, there, there aren't weapons or anything like in Mario Kart, but like if you if you the cars still have um you know health bars and if they get blown up then they retire. And they're goofy looking designs. Uh, the, yeah, the character designs are. It's not varied. like they're real cars. Yeah, they're like futuristic looking cars. Yeah. Is it one of these games in which when you're a kid you drive backwards to smash into other people to be a dick? Because I used to do that with every car racing game. I'll just reverse, drive backwards through, and smack into the person running first just to I, I be think, a dick. I think because it emphasizes speed a lot, you can't really come to a stop very easily. Good. It, it's so like emphasizing if you, speed. If you reverse, speed down, and then smash into the other person, it's going to fuck them over real good. Well, unless they, you know, Bounce. swerve around you. But they won't be expecting you. I, there's a pretty decent draw distance from what I remember, so you can kind of see. I think you just smack right into them. It's not as clunky as like you know games where you play as really big cars and it's like realistic kind of physics. I think I, don't know I think I'm gonna work. do it. You bit... give me a copy of this game. I'm gonna do it, and then Reese will play, I and he'll think... be coming first, which is doubt. I think I'm doubtful. Yeah, doubtful. I think also the and the and tracks... I'll smack into him, and he'll be like. Geez! I think also the tracks are pretty wide and the cars are pretty small compared so, to... So, uh, yeah. you underestimate my ability to be a dick. 
I, will say, I, I, I won't doubt you, Ryan, but I'd like to see. My dick? Your what? That too, but I was talking about your F-Zero abilities. Your what? My penis. Oh, dear. You remember there was this New Zealand um, soap opera show that got very popular like a year or two ago because the dad in it found out his son has sent a dick pic to a girl unsolicited and the dad dramatically says, Jesus, please don't tell me that you actually sent her a picture of your penis. (laughs) What? (laughs) And then it had that dramatic end of episode music. It's like that's how the episode ended. Do you not remember this? No. This was a real thing. This is a real thing. You our, have to show me this. Our friends over at the Passive Aggressive Podcast use that as an audio drop in their segments to introduce one of their segments. Uh, it's like, please don't tell me that you've shown them your penis. <laughs> it's pretty great. Um, the racing in this was thrilling. It was exciting. Not Better than favorite. Fast and Furious. Take that, the Fast and Furious franchise. Reese doesn't agree. He's looking at me with a death stare. He's like, do not mock my babies. I love the Fast and Furious. Is that I, true? Um, I do like you... five, six, and seven. I haven't wow, seen... Wow, you don't like number two? I haven't seen number two in ages. Is that the one where... I think I've said this to you on the show before, and you're like, I think so. Where the black guy... I want to say his name's Tyrese. Correct. And Paul Walker, I'm pretty sure, yeah. have a very sexually erotic fight in some dirt. Like, they physically fight each other. They're wearing these tight jeans, and they're just, like, rolling around in the dirt. And they stop fighting, but their legs are, like, scissoring one another. And they're both, like, panting, and it looks very sexual. I don't remember, but it might be true. Is your favorite Tokyo Drift the one that everyone said is the worst one? Uh, I thought the worst one was number four. Four. Like what everyone said, number four was the worst. No, I think everyone said Tokyo Drift was. Everyone said Tokyo Drift. Because it's all that drifting. Okay. It's Everyone's the only one I've seen. Your favorite then. Uh, by default. By default. Yeah. Did it teach you about family? I don't remember it that much. Which one's the one without Vin Diesel? Number two. Oh, yeah, because he was like, no, I've got another franchise. It's called Xander Tri- Cage. Oh, yeah, Triple X, right? Return of Xander Cage. And then they replaced him with Ice Cube. <laughs> in the second one. Because that was going to work. Look, guys, the monkey's working. Well, it's because Chim Chim's a good worker. The racing, just to get back to it, exciting, thrilling. My favorite race, of course, has to be the final race. Mm. It's thrilling, exciting. He breaks down, he gets back up. You know, you feel the motivation, you feel the roar of the crowd. Trixie's watching on. She's like, yes, you get, you know, you get Roger here. He's reacting, he's throwing shit, he's yelling, screaming, he's saying, like, use it! You get the bad guy gets revealed to be a bad racing guy, you know. This whole montage of them building the car also adds to the atmosphere. You know, John Goodman's wearing like a little penguin on his hand, or as Bartek would call him, penguin, mm. which is not how you say it. Yeah, I know. I've, I've admitted it. It's a fusion of the Polish and English that I do. Damn it, don't fuse them. So here's Reese's favorite character, the one who's hitting on the I chip. only saw him for two seconds. Yeah, you got to see him for the whole sequence. Right. So get used to his face. He'll be transitioning a lot of the shots. There he is. There he is. Oh, I've seen him before. Yeah, he's Patrick and Coughlin. I'll accept it. <laughs> the, the, the kind of downward spiral of Reese's confidence is like, uh, I'll accept it. I have a lot of confidence, as a matter of fact. In fact, I have the amount of confidence in Julie, like Julie Andrews, basically. I think he's been fairly bad. Before oh, I say no. what I say, no, let's, I, let's go with this. I'll explain yeah. my yeah. reference. 
I have confidence in sunshine. I have confidence in so rain. So Reese is a singer in his band, so you're getting a real taste of that if you want to join Iscarion. I was going to say that Reese is very balanced this episode because he was confident about the who the black actor was. But he, then he was wrong. And he was wrong. But then he was confident about the saying and he was right. But he's been wrong more than he's been right. So, But I'm well, saying he's balanced. He's balanced. He's balanced. This episode. Not fully, though. Not fully, of course. Well, I mean, hold on. What's Wait, fully balanced? What's fully balanced? Like 50-50? What do I have yeah. to do okay. well, to make it fully balanced? Well, you have to flip a coin like Two-Face, or as I called him, Cat-Face one time. <laughs> All right. Let's see if I have a coin, and I'll flip that coin. Da, 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 da. He's, he's looking through his wallet. Do you, oh, Reese, while you're in your wallet, do you happen to have a CPR card? A what? A CPR card. No, but I have the following. I have a working with children's check. I also have that. I do too, but I don't can, need to use it. Can I look at yours? Yours is very different to mine. Oh, it explains that yours is a volunteer one. Mine's in it like a, a work one. Mine's like, for free. Yeah, I had to pay for mine because I actually work with children. Ah. Um, so I need like the proper one. I have teacher registration, so like, I don't need one. Yeah, he has teacher registration, so he doesn't need one. Reese's middle name starts with a K. This children's check well, card number is one six one seven three double five A dash. Are you kidding me? Zero one. Um, expiry is the fifth of the eighth of the third, two thousand twenty-four. So you got to keep that in mind. The back, he hasn't even ripped off the barcode fully. He hasn't even still got a sticker. I can't even read the back of it where it says, by law, this card must be used and paid for children-related children work. Okay. Reese has this, but Reese, you didn't get a coin. No, I didn't get a coin. You don't have one. I don't have a coin. But do you have a CPR card? A uh, uh, DRCD? Oh, right. Um, no. Drab CD? Do you have a Drab CD card like like Bartek does? And Bartek, when he first told us this on the podcast, he reacted like, why don't you guys have one? <laughs> Was I? Yeah. I don't think so. Oh, yeah. A CPR, right. a CPR card. Yeah. You know what CPR is? Like first yeah. aid? Yeah. Oh, no, I don't. Yeah, it was Drab CD. But then when we looked it up, they added the letter, didn't they? Yeah, it's like extra. Yeah. CPRL. So, no. CPRLX. Uh, Oh, yeah, that was the big thing with this thing. It had Drab CD, but it didn't tell us what it stood for. Yes. I had to look it up. Yeah. So, Drab CD... like Danger Resuscitation. It's a... Yeah, Danger Resuscitation. No, I'm reading it again. No, restole it. Fucker. So, what about you, Bartek? You love racing. You've played games where you race by the sound of it. You're a big... Yeah. <laughs> Reese threw the card at Reese Ryan. threw the card apathetically, knowing I wouldn't catch it because I wasn't looking at him. Well, I thought it was going to sit, you know, on your arm. On and... my non-flat arm, yeah. yeah. Well, Ryan, you know firsthand that I've played a bit of Crash Team Racing in my time. Uh, yes. To give a point of reference, he has played it. There you go. Um, you. To the point in which, if you ever play it with him, there's no point, because Bartek has memorized every single thing in every level, to the point in which there's no point playing. To be fair... To I, be fair... I haven't played too much of the battles, and that's what we were mainly playing. Yeah, because there's no point playing the races. Because <laughs> Bartek would just be like, we had a New Year's party, and everyone was playing, but Bartek was... It was the rules of whoever wins keeps playing, and Bartek was just sitting there all night. I don't, I don't know why that was a rule. Because that's what people do at parties. It was also a thing of not many people wanted to play. Because you kept winning! No, even from the beginning, everyone else was doing their own thing. It was only like, uh, because people like three to, other people. Because people like to drink. Yeah, I know. 
Oh, here's Reese's favorite character. Nice transition. So, Bartok, your favorite race in the scene, in the movie. Race scene in the movie. Yeah, definitely the climax of this race was very tense. But I what about, it. was it the whole race, though? Or do you just like climaxes? Like, here's, here's Shaft climaxing right now, actually. <laughs> doesn't he say some, like, random line that doesn't really mean much at one point during a transition? He says a lot of lines. <laughs> Um, yeah, in this film, I really liked, especially the races where weapons were used, and, uh, you know, after Speed has all his, like, install installed gadgets in his car. But it, it's a bit sluggish, though, isn't it? Mm. Turns the left a bit, a bit stiff. It, it was in the, in the previous one, at least. Mm. I also liked, um, when he creatively uses the jump thing, because, you know, you, you have a jump power, you think, like, oh, it's to avoid things that's coming below you, or to, like, get over a, a you know, jump over something. Um, but he uses it to like proper physics, like off a wall to like slam into people. Yeah, I agree. This movie really abides by the laws of physics as told by Albert Einstein. Oh yes. Uh, you know, the, yeah, I know the scientist. Yes. Do you know him though? Yes. He was this little German guy, funny mustache, hair. Hair. Yes. He, he, he was a um, patent. He worked in a patent office. Did you know that? No. You didn't know that? No. That's like one of the main facts about Albert Einstein. He worked in a... Patent office. A patent office, okay. Where he would patent things for people. That's like one of the main facts. That and he didn't have like a most proper school education. I think he was homeschooled. Yeah, there was also... There was always that... That was smart. There was that rumor that like he failed maths or something. That people spread to make themselves feel better. But then, what's the point? Because, you know... They're wrong. <laughs> and even if he did, I mean, he later on didn't, right? <laughs> I mean, well, maybe. Until we disprove his theory, then, you know, because that's how science and everything works. It's just basically until we disprove it for something else. It's the facts. Man, it's really crazy. Like, we all know E equals MC squared, but a lot of us don't really understand what it means. Tell me. I don't understand what it means. That's what I'm saying. Oh. Reese, you're a scientist. You've worked at a factory. <laughs> Tell us what E equals MC squared means. It means... I don't know what it means, but it makes me want <laughs> to eat an apple. An apple? That's... No, that's that's not... That's for teachers. That's Newton. Oh, that's Newton. He's gravity guy. Apple fell on his head. Well, it's all within the same well, field. So do you even know who Albert Einstein is? Yes! Like, you know that he didn't do gravity. You know that was like... I know that! Did you know that Copernicus was the guy who said the Earth wasn't flat, but then it was Columbus that actually proved it? And you know, you know that he's Polish? And he's Polish, and then they apologize, and the church apologized to him, like, only recently for So they killed him, him didn't he? Oh, they imprisoned him, and he died, yeah. So what's Mikoai, his name? Mikołaj Kopernik. Kopernik. Or, uh, affectionately known, Copernicus. Copernicus. I'll tell you one thing about Copernicus. In We all went to the same university for the listening people, and uh, Bartek and I did drama. Mm-hmm. Reese did film. Oh, there Sometimes was a, There was drama. a Copernicus story, wasn't there? I did this monologue, and in my monologue, I said the phrase, Hey, Copernicus, how about you navigate yourself over here? And then we had to all give feedback, and uh, another guest on the show, Luke, said... Um, you need to explain how you know that person's name is Copernicus. Maybe kind of say that they have a name tag on or something. And everyone just had, like, their mouth agape. Like, what the fuck? Like, no, it's that I just had to quite, like, calmly explain. You know, the whole point, Luke, is that Copernicus is this famous navigator, you see. 
who kind of disprove that the Earth is uh, not flat. And that's kind of what I'm, what I'm getting at. And he goes, oh, okay. But I think you still need to explain it, though. Because it's not common knowledge. And I'm like... Mm. That's my reply. Well, mm. uh, not a lot of people know about Copernicus. I mean, you're wrong, but okay. Oh, for... <laughs> now I mean, I'm, I'm unbalanced again. You've been unbalanced all the time. It was just Bartek put the illusion of balance. Bartek has no illusions. No, Bartek has facts. The facts. <laughs> Thank you for the violin noise. Speedo says a great film. <laughs> Some people like Roger Ebert might not agree. That's probably true because while the review is on his website, someone else reviewed it. He was dead. No, he was alive in 2008. Then what's his fucking excuse? Roger, come back from the dead he and clearly, explain yourself. He clearly delegated it with his tyranny. And whoever he delegated to gave it one and a half stars. So, 10 out of 10, yeah? Uh, yeah, if you get rid of the 0.5 and you put a zero there. So, guys. Wait, that's 10 out of 4, We're actually. nearing the climax of the movie there's still quite a bit to go but any little highlights that you want to bring up before the movie ends anything that kind of stood out any interesting things that you noticed or trivia points that you want to kind of bring up I can't remember where in the film it is but there is a point where I think there there was a part where um Speed Racer is doing a pose in mid-air and the camera's kind of panning around him and that was a reference to um, a part of the show in the opening credits at the very end where mm. Speed jumps out of his car, freeze frame, and then it pans 90 degrees. It's very interesting when it comes to that. So in the West, with our shows, we try to make our characters have catchphrases. Mm. Well, it seems like more Japanese and, and Chinese stuff want to have the more iconic poses. Yeah, definitely, especially with like the Sentai, which is the Power Rangers thing. Yeah, like, and then, then Dragon Ball Z, you got the, the Kamea, Kamea wave, yeah. that's iconic pose, and like, and this has that pose, and like, you know, Astro Boy, and like, they all have, they, like, they're more about poses, and we're more about like phrases. Mm. And especially with things that are, you know, I, Brendan I, phrases. Especially with things that's like. That's incorrectly <laughs> saying it. His name's Fraser. You're adding, you're adding, you're, you're calling him like Kelsey Grammer's character from the TV show Frasier. Yes. How dare you? Which one time I got into a heated argument with, with a friend, Oliver, who did not appreciate me calling him Frasier when he's like, his name's Fraser. And I'm like, that's incorrect. There's oh, no dear. Z in there. But you were saying, Bartek, you like the pose. Uh... Well, I, I like that they had the reference there. What I was saying was that, like, yeah, with um, with what you were saying about poses um, being a big thing, there's also... I, I don't know if we count a Speed Racer as sci-fi. I, th- I think we... I mean, this one is. This one is. Um, But I've also noticed that, like, in a lot of sci-fi Japanese things, like, the models of the various sci-fi vehicles, like, in Gundam with the giant robots, so, like, every, a lot of hardcore fans will, like, know the model names and things like that. Um, like Transformers. Yeah. Even even with Neon Genesis Evangelion, which I've actually seen. Isn't that the one that terribly ends? Yeah, where they ran out of budget and the last two episodes are basically like a weird... People standing in a circle People congratulating standing... each other. <laughs> That's the actual ending of the final episode, yeah. But before that, it was like weird like theatre production monologues and stuff. Well, that's fantastic. Reese, what about you? Anything you want to highlight about the movie? Um, 
Anything stand out? Anything tickle your fancy? I think I'd like to leave that for my review of this film. I oh. think it'd be rather pulsing. He's, he's... No, nothing worth a discussion, just bringing it up in a review then. Well, yeah. just, you know, just decide. Like, yeah. Um... Or we can discuss it in Or we could just listen to know. Brian breathing. No, that was me <laughs> trying to squeal, but I got too did you call stuck him, in my throat. Did you call him Brian? I said Ryan. Okay. Look, my name's not Reese, okay? Brian. And it's not Brian either. It's Brian and Ratek. It's Brian and Ratek. It's actually Julian, but like, whatever. Hi, Julian. And you're, and you're Brees. Hello, I'm... Are you King Julian? I'm Julian Morrow, the I Chaser's like the War and Everything. Morbid. You guys went for the classy Madagascar reference. I went for well, Chaser's he, reference. He literally brought up and King you, Julian. And I also brought up Julian from Chaser, but you went with the road of Madagascar. Well, the yes. problem was he said King. I said so King. So I had to. King Julian. So, yeah. You, I prefer Chaser's over Madagascar. Well, you chose your allegiance in that moment. Well, I mean, I had to you go with chose what you said literally. Your, and I said it literally too. So you have to, you chose your allegiance. Hear that, people? Bartek loves Sasha Baron Cohen's character in Madagascar. I mean, that's, a, I that's, him, that's so worthy. That's fine, so. I guess. He's the worst one. What? He's the fucking worst one. How is one. he the worst one? No, no I'll, I'll give you a defense. Right. They're all the worst one, but like he is aggravatingly the worst one. Him and David uh. Swimmer as the giraffe. The Madagascar films fucking suck. <laughs> Are you serious right now? I've seen all three. I love I them. I have two, and they all suck. And they all great. When I watch, are you <laughs> serious right now? When I watch yes. Shark Tale, they I had to watch a trailer for the first one. It's been a long time since I've seen that. I found out that um, Shark Tale director was also the guy who did Gulliver's Travels. Oh, that's oh, nice. There you go. Um, yeah, Madagascar sucks in comparison <laughs> to Speed Racer, which I'm pretty sure okay, Speed well, Racer came out the sure. year after, because I'm pretty sure Madagascar was 2007. Okay. And where does the chasers fit into this? Yes. Well, the chaser dressed up as a car one time to go back into the Apex Summit after they had already gone into it the day earlier. Oh, they disguised a car. They didn't dress up as a car. No, they dressed up as a car, remember? Like, they came in with a cardboard version of a car that they wore the next day. There was something like that, yeah. To make fun of the fact that they broke into one of the highest security functions ever in all of Australian history. Right, yes. By pretending easily, like, very obviously pretending that they were Canadian officials. Hmm. Yeah, great, great. Well, no, time. wasn't it that they were pretending to be American, but they had a Canadian flag randomly? No, I don't know. No, I think they. I just think that they didn't even pretend that hard. I think they just had Canadian paraphernalia, but they didn't bother to check them properly. Because I remember they had a lot of details about like they had ID cards that said this is a joke, this is fake, and things. And they didn't look at them. Yeah. Um, Speed has won. Are you surprised? Did you think there was going to be like that twist where he might have lost and then he learned the lesson that winning isn't everything? Oh, well, definitely in the earlier parts of the film, he did lose some races, but I felt like, you know, this is the ending. He'll he'll win. I, I, I know he'll win. I believe in him. I was cheering. So therefore it happened. You did cheer. Yes. I want to bring up another aspect of this movie, which is the visual effects. We didn't really talk about them very much. Mm-hmm. The thing is, a lot of people negatively have a go at this movie for looking like a Robert Rodriguez movie and looking t- cheap and terrible. But the pur- purpose of... It's a design choice. Like, this is a very aesthetic... This is a very keen aesthetic that a lot of people, like Bartek has said, have grown attached to. Like, there's a cult following to this. 
And a part of the cult following is the aesthetic of the movie. The visual element, the visual effects, are chosen on purpose to replicate the cartoon whilst also being its own thing. Like, you know, like, it isn't, like, the most direct of direct translations. Like, it isn't, like... Like, they could have made the background literally the cartoon background, Hmm. but they did it their own way, and they used their own camera moves and styles, whilst also kind of homaging and replicating the original TV show. What did you think of the visual element, you know? Because that's the thing that has the legacy about it, is it's visually um, uh, abrasive. Definitely, like I said, I've been aware of this film for a long time without having seen it, but definitely every time I thought about it, you know, Bright lights and colours was something that came to my mind because I guess I've seen that in shots of the film or maybe, yeah, like video shots or still shots. Um, I really appreciated it. I think I think the original show had more pale colours, whereas in this movie it was a lot more vibrant. And, you know, we have a lot of films these days that are very dark and gloomy. Like, well, you brought up The Dark Knight, but that's not too dark and gloomy but it's more in that field. I mean it's visually the, dark yeah the the la- the DC films of today <laughs> more so would be that you mean the ones that look like holocaust movies yeah um <laughs> I I can appreciate you, you laugh but when you watch Batman v Superman it looks like it's supposed to take place in a concentration camp and it's like in the middle of the day it looks like night yeah I can I can appreciate any film that wants to have more vibrant colours for its aesthetic hmm and this film, I think that it does that. What about you, Reese? Hmm? You you like a nice visual aesthetic to a movie? Yes, like, I do. What are some movies that you like that uh, have a very stark, keen visual sensibility and aesthetic? Mm, that's a good question. Um, I know. The Adventures of Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Really? Yes. Really? That was the only thing that came to my head. Wow, not even Sin City. I was about to say, you guys brought it up earlier. What about Schindler's List? That that, that didn't have any special effects. No, visual visual visual, aesthetics. Oh, visual aesthetics. I thought you said visual effects, sorry. No, but that can come into it. I mean, there's the visual, there's the effect of making colours pop up within black and white, which was fairly new at the time. You ever seen a film that made you go, wow, that film looked really, and then you feel in a word? Oh, this is your part, Ryan. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is the part you. The Look cooties. at the monkey. <laughs> he's laughing. He's having a good time. Uh oh, he covered his eyes. I don't know what he was covering them from. Cooties. Um. Yeah, I love movies with a visual flourish to them. Like, you know, Suspiria, the original one, the Dario Argento one. Yeah. That movie's carried by its visuals. Like the storyline's <laughs> fucking weak and garbage, but like. <laughs> And it's Italian nonsense, but visually that's a stunning movie and that's what carries it. Or or John Carpenter movies, like when you watch Big Trouble in Little China, the visuals go along so well with the energy of that movie. Like, you know, Bartek and I watched it. and Oh, that had movies re- in it, didn't it? That did. I'll take it back, Big Trouble in <laughs> Little China. But I didn't know if the Chinese called their ones ninjas. Well, ninja is the Chinese word. Oh, it is? Yeah. I couldn't remember. Like I said earlier, shinobi is the Japanese one. But Kenobi, they, yeah. But, uh, they, but they use ninja mostly, so, yeah. Good uh, job, China. Well done. Good job, China. Thanks, China. Thanks, Thanks China. China. <laughs> <laughs> I know that reference. Uh, it's, so, it's a you reference, yeah. Um, so, this movie's visuals really struck me. They really turned a chord to me. They stunned me. 
I can't think of a movie like this visually outside of a Robert Rodriguez movie or there was well this was a period of time where we were just pushing it like Captain what was it there was that movie Sky Captain the World oh, of Tomorrow yeah. that was a long time ago yeah same time as this though okay it was around 2006 2007 I want to say and a bunch of movies that kind of push this boundary of like how much can we make an artificial yeah thing like and now we look at this and take it for granted like like all these marvel movies none of them are really many not many of them are on sets they're just standing in a green room or the hobbit movies or anything like that those are just all green screen movies too yeah but the technology has moved on so much more and so much better but the feeling of it is this is supposed to look artificial because that's kind of the aesthetic of the show Mm. so stop being mean people Stop it. I guess it's a good, uh, good, um, good comparison point in the sense that, like, yeah, it was a '60s show, so they were limited in their animation, and it's uh, Japanese, so they're always limited in their animation. Yeah, so you could argue that, like, oh, because they were limited, it's quote unquote poor. So in this film, what's a way to make it look a bit, you know, artificial and that some people would argue poor? It's like, oh, this is clearly CGI or this is clearly green screened. I, I think that's a decent negotiation. The, the, uh, the, the, the Wachowskis also chose an interesting aesthetic of making the, the all of the credits. Yeah, um, this like sparkly, flicker. flickering kind of thing. Seizure inducing. So Bartek, the film has unfortunately ended. I think it's time for us to get into our reviews and ratings. And I'd love to hear from you first. Sure. I had a great time with this film. I'm glad that the majority of a decade's worth of build-up for myself personally was worth it. Um, it's it's the speed race. It's it's a weird thing for me because it's sort of randomly popped up for me a few times in my life, but it's never been something that I've been hugely into. Yet watching this film. I somehow had nostalgia for it. I, I appreciated it and a lot of little things it was doing. Um, it's just something that I've been aware of elements of for a long time. And it was nice to see it in live action. It, it obviously didn't have, you know, all the same things like the fast dialogue. Um, and I'm, I'm not familiar if the show is even one that has many story arcs or if it's just more episodic. Um, but I, I enjoyed it. De- definitely, it's one where the, the race scenes are my favourite parts. And and you did say earlier, Ryan, that there were a lot of like businessy kind of things going on that maybe some people wouldn't be into. But, you know, you, you kind of have to have everything together to tell a full story. And I, and I can appreciate that. I'm not going to... I'm not really going to deduct points from it because it has scenes that are a bit slower. But... It's it's a visual spectacle. Its action isn't you know too exaggerated. Like obviously it is because it's cars and you're using weapons and that's silly. But but it's not like the whole film needed to be that. It's it's a, it's a film that I think everyone can appreciate, and I have to give this film a consenting young boy in the boot of a car out of a Mach 5. Aw, that's nice. (laughs) (laughs) Because it was a really big thing in the show, I remember, but in this film it was only one time. Two times. Was it two times? 
Yeah, he's there when they're at the the. They're about to make out, yeah. And then he's there to stop the gangsters from shooting them in the canyon, and um, uh, the monkey throws poop at the gangster. Right, that's right. Yes. So he does it twice. Twice. So yeah. a setup and a payoff. Yeah. They didn't need to abide by the rules of three for that particular one. Mm-hmm. Reese, let's hear from you. My review. All right, let's do it. <clears throat> Racing, 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 racing. Oh, a lot of racing. Oh, the colors, the graphics, the visual effects. Oh, 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 the music, the editing, the transitions. Oh, the race, race, race. Got to race, got to race, got to race. Oh, crisis, 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 crisis. Oh, mysterious figure, mysterious figure. Oh, ah, ah, racing, racing, more, more, more racing, 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 racing. Oh, oh, existential crisis again. Oh, my God. Oh, villain. Ah, 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 Oh, oh, graphics, more graphics. Oh, music, music, music. Ninjas, ninjas. Oh, in the desert of the big horn. He wins. And what would you give it? That was a good summary. How about your review? Oh. <laughs> That's his review. You don't get to comment on it. That was his review. What would you give it? Uh, uh, an Emil Hirsch out of an Alden Ehrenrich. I'm very glad that that was the conversational piece he wanted to withdraw from us earlier. Um, <laughs> now, me, personally, I love this movie, of course. Um... Hashtag speed racer justice, because this deserves more justice. This movie was fantastic. It was great. It was energetic. It was like if you're a small child and you discovered that if you put a a, a whole fucking fucking like um, tube of Mentos into a Coke bottle and shook it up, and then it would just like that's the movie, like that discovery of chaos that you can mm. ensue as a child. You know, like. When you discovered that you could set things on fire, you know that's this movie. It's 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 pyromania on screen. This movie is you as a little kid hopped up on goofballs, goofballs everybody, goofballs hopped up on goofballs. That's this movie. I loved it. Thank you Wachowskis for making a movie I like for once. Do it again. Christina Ricci said there was going to be a sequel. You said you were going to write it. Where is the sequel? It's been 10 years. Uh, you could do it. Oh, just a quote. Uh, Moonraker is the James Bond movie. It just credited it. Oh, okay. So I just oh, needed okay. to clap that. Mm-hmm. Good job, me. Good job, me. I need a sequel. I need to know what happens to Speed when he's a dad himself. Because 10 years, you could do that. Mm. What happens if he has a little kid and his name is Ticket Manager Racer? And he's like a ticket manager? (laughs) I need to know now. So, that's it. If I had to give it a rating, which I do, I'd have to give it a Ryan out of rights. Bartek, the internet had things to say about this movie. How'd you know? I just had a feeling. To be fair, I think I mentioned earlier. So I had a, a feeling, a bit of an inkling. This is a show. Sorry, I don't need to sing the Leno and Woodley theme. Yeah. <laughs> you, you only need to sing Speed Racer. This is a show all about me and me and all the things I do and all the things I see. Also, when I see. Um, Bartek, hit us. <clears throat> I have gathered some YouTube comments and a single IMDb review this time. Okay. Great. So different from usual. The first YouTube comment is, I saw this when I was five. This movie changed my life. I was front row and I didn't, uh, I don't think I blinked. 
this movie was amazing. Still have the toys for it somewhere. Haha. Ha. Oh, that's so nice. We should rewatch this without blinking. <laughs> like do it like from a clockwork orange where they have you in the thing with uh, the forced yeah, and they're, well, I think, I think and they're, they're imp- dripping the thing into yeah. your eyes. Yeah. I, I think they're implying that they voluntarily didn't blink. Which well, is you can volunteer for that if you want. Well, volunteer to have a thing stopping you, I guess. But I think volunteer like self-control sense. Anyway, uh, the next... Like major pain. Mm, next... I almost said quest, but I meant comment. Next quest to the comment. Starring Bartek, Ryan, and Chim Chim. And quest number two, the longest comment. The trailer doesn't do it justice. There's a lot more heart to this movie than you would think. The soundtrack on this makes it look too... commercial, so to speak. But after the first sequence is finished, you can really tell that this was made by people who were fond of the source material and who really cared about crafting not just a good movie, but also a unique cinematic experience. There's nothing quite like this movie out there. I agree. I agree. Ryan agrees. Nothing like it. (laughs) The next comment is, This film is so underappreciated... And my whole family loves it. It's a classic that I will take to my grave. I'll take it to your grave, buddy. I'll take it to your grave. Cradle to the grave. I will drag this movie to your tomb. Anyone notice that the father has the same voice as Wreck-It Ralph? (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) No, no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know if John Goodman was... Wreck-It Ralph until now. John C. Good Riley. <laughs> hey, we didn't talk about that scene in which John Goodman looked exactly like Mario. <laughs> <laughs> he looked exactly like Mario. Remember that? To be fair, most of the film he had the moustache. No, but there's so. a scene where he's wearing the overalls and the red underneath, and he looked exactly like Mario. Oh, he just needed the hat. And the final, uh, <laughs> the final comment is in all caps and ends with four exclamation marks. And it's someone who's very happy about Christina Ricci. <laughs> the comment is, Christina Ricci, greatest Trixie in Speed Wraith of 2008 film. That's it? Are you sure it wasn't Rose McGowan they're talking about? Could be Rose. I thought you meant it was her making the comment. You're still holding You're still holding on to make sure that Rose McGowan is in this film. No, she, she played in the first half, definitely. And then eventually it became Christina Ricci. Well, you are right out of right. Yeah, so there you go. And the the IMDb review is now the thing that I will read. Are you sure? Are you sure it's now? Or then? Or will be? Give me five minutes to think about it. Uh, so definitely not now, then. Five minutes. Five minutes. All right, five minutes is up. Okay. Just edit that in, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> the IMDb review title is... A childish bit of fun. Mm-hmm. It is from the 19th of May 2008, and it is a 7 out of 10 review. Best bit, the races. Worst bit, all the business type scenes. You might know that Speed Racer is the English adaptation of a Japanese anime called Mak Go Go Go. Or maybe you didn't. Anyway, these stories follow the life of a guy called Speed Racer. If you think that name is strange, just think that should mean that the Japanese guys called Mak Go Go Go, which basically races with automobiles. 
Although that's just a guess for what happens in the series. That's the first paragraph. And <laughs> <laughs> sentence by the sound of it. Now, this film just starts straight away. Like it's trying to get rid of most of backstory ASAP. Which was fine as it got rid of the backstory with style. The story follows with Speed played by Emile Hirsch and his family including John Goodman as Pops and Christina Ricci as his fit girlfriend Trixie. (laughs) Ah, so this was written in the UK, okay. He's not mentioning mom, by the way. Who are all a part... He doesn't have any other family, he doesn't even have a younger brother. Who are all a part of his racing career. So it's all going fine and dandy until everyone starts to notice he's something special on the racetrack. And that means that everyone wants to have speed on their team. Mm. So after some quite boring business talk, the best parts of the film finally start to kick in with some awesome race scenes. So the with some more business stuff and then more races, the film ends with a predictable but enjoyable and nice ending. I'm going to be honest and say that there are some incredibly, unbelievably childish moments. Mainly because there's a monkey in it. But it's a children's (laughs) film, so that's forgivable and my fault. You'll know when you see them. (laughs) What is the matter with this guy? So this brings me to my next point that this... (laughs) That this film has some proper business talking parts that I honestly think that kids will not understand one bit. The fact that they go on for a bit makes these parts extra boring. Hell, I don't know what shares are good and what shares are bad. A couple more things. There are some really random scenes and some characters which seem to have no importance. End of paragraph. As for the acting, it was all good enough. Mm. I think is the best way to put it. Most of the time, the acting consisted of facial expressions from the seat of a car or a clip (laughs) with a voiceover. (laughs) Also, it was good to see Matthew Fox in yet another big film as well. Lost is brilliant. That's not a film! That's the only thing I can really say about it. End of paragraph. Like I've said already, the best parts of this film are the races, mainly because of the incredible special effects, the lighting and the colours are somewhat strange but brilliant. When I first saw the effects, I thought they looked too shiny and too rounded everywhere, but that's understandable as, I will say again, it's a very childish film, which for me was quite surprising from the directors of Matrix. Mm. Overall, I thought this film was enjoyable at parts, simply childish at parts, and just amazing CGI. I'm not quite sure whether to recommend this film, as people like so many different types of films these days. I can recommend it to kids. I pretty much went through boredom. To sum it up in one sentence, a childish bit of fun. Does that sound wrong? And that's the end of the review. (laughs) Oh, God. It ends on a question, guys. Oh, and it... we'll never know the answer. <laughs> we'll never know the answer to that. Never. I'm so sorry. Never. We need archaeologists from the future to decipher that message. 
So thank you very much, the internet. Um, Reese, as always, a pleasure to have you on, even if you wouldn't stop twisting your nipples for the whole episode. <laughs> uh, It'll be forever known. If Jesus, I always nipples. look forward to G- coming here. God, G- oh, it was so good, guns. Uh, <laughs> pretty good guns. Good guys. Good guy guns. No, no, guys <laughs> make sense. No, guns make sense. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. No Australian saying makes sense. They do. Don't fool yourself. They do. <laughs> like what? <laughs> um, yeah, nah. That's a New Zealand saying. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. Fuck off, <laughs> Yeah, nah. As in, yes, I understand, and the answer is no. Yeah, yeah nah. nah. Yeah, nah. You don't use yeah, nah. Are you fucking Are you, tribute I, it to I, New Zealand? I, Fuck you. But the New Zealand is you're, come... you're thinking of bro. Well, bro's a universal term of the South no, Africans. No, the way use they a... say they, the way they say brew. Brew. Hey, brew. So they're the South Africans. No, they say it different. I've seen Mr. Bones. <laughs> uh, uh, thank you, Reese, for twisting nipples and introducing new phrases that don't exist. Um, even if you make websites to say it does. Bartek, as always, a pleasure for having you choose Speed Racer. I can't wait for next episode where you choose it again. <laughs> <laughs> we do it again. Oh, um, no, you're not invited. Oh, come on. We need a different guest. <laughs> we'll, we'll get Sorab or, or Luke. Well, and Ryan, be- because I chose like eight films and you picked this one first to do of my eight, so thank you for picking this one. Mm, yes. Put the blame on me, I see. Blame? <laughs> blame, I mean... Thanks on me. I was thanking you. Yeah. You were thanking me. Uh, as always, listening people, you can find us on all the social medias except for Instagram, MySpace, Bebo. Um, we're on Facebook, the Twitter, um, MySpace, one day. One day. One day. And what is our email, Ryan? Oh, you got a good, 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 good idea there because Reese admitted to me last time I saw him before we did this episode that he couldn't remember our email. On the Coneheads episode, that's right. Um, what is our email, Bartek? Spit and polish, duh. Oh, hey. At gmail.com. Bartek sounded different that time. I was telepathically making Reese say it, and he was correct. I, um, yeah, so. I was right. Message us, contact us, give us reviews and ratings on whatever podcast platforming site is available to do so. Share us around. Go, Speed Racer, go. Until next time, listening people, remember to be kind to each other. Shaft! Um, Maku go go. Should we do the um, word association thing now? Oh, one word at a time. Yeah, or do you want to do word association? I will do one word at a time. Do you want to do word association? No, we'll do speed. Racer. Go. Ma. What was that? The the the, the Japanese one. Go ma. Uh, mark. Mark. Well, yeah, mark's in both. But all right. Okay. Isn't it mock? Mock five. Well, in in Japanese, their accent they pronounce it as mark. Mock five. Okay, enough of that. One word at a time story. We always do this with Reese, and I always forget. I forgot, yeah. I had a whole thing planned. I was just going to say, Maka, go, go, home. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> start. I'll start. Are uh, you willing to muck go <laughs> speed? Full stop. That's one word. I... Want you to lift my car because I have a big <laughs> helmet <laughs> that 
is currently occupying my cars <laughs> engine. First stop on that. Okay. <laughs> that seems like a pretty conclusive end to that story. I think that's all we need. That is an emotional story. Unlike the other stories we've done with Reese about turtles and, and eating crisps or whatever. And, pe and penises jangling. That was oh, the last yeah, one. Yeah, that was the last one. Thank you, car helmet, big heavy. Yes. Engine stuck on occupying me. Head. I was really waiting for you to say dick. That's why each one I led to Bartek, I was like, say penis. Say it. <laughs> That's why each time you froze, you're like, um, what can I work And around? all the phrases were on Bartek, you had to think of a new original. All, all the key nouns. All the key, all the key nouns. <laughs> Till key noun time, key goodbye. Yes. Now let's mock a go-go home.